everybody, it's Evangelina, your newbie to all things Yona, and honestly, shoujo and manga in general, and as always, I am joined by... Me, I'm Alex, um, hey everybody, <laughs> and we have a guest today, which I'm very excited about, uh, you probably have heard him from my anime podcast, it is Yata. Welcome. Hello, I'm waving. I'm actually waving. It's an audio medium. Sorry. Pleasure to be here. Looking forward to it. Looking forward to talking some Yona of the dawn. Yeah. Uh, the important thing about audio mediums is that you narrate everything you do. So you're welcome to do any movements. You just have to tell everyone what you're doing. <laughs> That's how that works. I'm doing an interpretive dance right now involving a plum. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, but doesn't that kind of happen? I was watch. I was not watching very closely because this is not one of my favorite episodes of the anime. Mostly because I think at one point, she now like frolics through a field. Does that happen here, or is that later? Uh, I don't know that he frolics. He does go through a field at night, and there are fireflies. I swear to God, a lot of fireflies. Yes, yeah, frolics, and it makes me very uncomfortable. So I was trying not to watch very closely. (laughs) What do you have against boys frolicking, Alex? Uh, A lot of things. I get like World War II flashbacks every time I see someone frolicking. <laughs> just waiting for like a fighter jet to come down from the sky. Yeah. Which would have been a bit of a tonal shift for uh, Yona. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's just jump into it. See where we go. So before we get into it, I did want to bring up a point. I think it was a couple weeks ago, but Evangelina, you mentioned something about Gija being ignorant of his situation and getting a little bit better about it like he's just very sheltered and it comes out a lot when he's talking about the blue dragon and his situation he's like no no no, but this is how the world is and everybody else Mm. is like "Mm, maybe not um and so i was just i was thinking about it when i was editing it and i think it's really lovely that he's not the only one that it's treated kindly to it's it also you see it a lot with yona but i like how ignorance is treated in this because it is like they shine a light on it and people do get mad at both yona and gija for being ignorant but there's always someone to say like hey maybe maybe don't get too mad they just didn't know yeah and so then there's this like learning moment of oh we didn't know but now we do and now we can like move forward and you see it a lot with Yona, you see it a little bit with Gija, and I just wanted to say, like, I want to point that out. I think it's really beautiful that that's the, the take they take on it, because I feel like there's not a lot of leeway with that, especially now on the internet. I see it a lot on Twitter, where people are like, oh, you made one misstep, and you are out. Like, you're obviously the worst person in the world. And it's like, well, I mean, not everybody can know everything. I think sometimes it's okay to be kind of a bad person just because you didn't know about this one thing. Yeah. Yeah, as long as you're taking steps. I do believe that's a hot take, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) I do believe that is a hot take. That's why I'm cringing as I say it. (laughs) I was, like, getting on tiptoes right now, just like, ooh. All right. I'm just going to stay silent for this part. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's my hot yeah. take for the day. <laughs> yeah. I said, I, I got a pretty hot take myself. Um, I'm going to try and drop it in at some time later on. It's about the anime. So, or, so oh, okay. I, I, re- I realized I liked the character, or I was quite interested in a character that I imagine is deeply, deeply unpopular with everybody. Um, just judging by 
I think you brought it up in a pre- you mentioned this character in a previous episode with Prez, your oh yeah, uh, a couple Prez. of weeks ago, mm-hmm. and his first his first words were like, "Oh, we don't like that guy." <laughs> it's like okay, <laughs> oh wow. I wonder if it's who I think it is because you might be in good company with liking them if it's who I think it is. That's what I'm thinking too. But we'll so see. hot, yeah. So hot takes might be lukewarm takes depending oh, on which co-host you're talking to. <laughs> okay, okay. That's I feel a bit safer now because I thought I was going to have to like, okay, like, hear me out, hear me out for a while. Listen, it's it's fine. It's fine because also Alex and I have discussed this before, uh, but we kind of have this thing where it's like every character usually winds up getting loved between the two of us. So we'll either both like them or the ones she doesn't like all like and vice versa. So it doesn't matter if you hate anybody because somebody is going yeah. to. Support well, I, I find it very hard to hate somebody. <laughs> yeah. I bet it's very hard to hate anybody in the show because either they're pretty or they're kind of just lovable and cute and you kind of want to hug them. So it's very like you. Re- you really have to reach for like a dislikable character, but I, I just I should just say it. The Fire Lord's son, not the Fire Lord. I'm sorry. I was thinking of Avatar, the Fire Tribe second son. Oh, the, uh, that and, and, is uh, a hot take. Yeah, I thought you were. We thought you were talking about Suwan. Okay, well, he is amazing. Uh, I love Suwan. Oh, thank you. But I thought that, I, I. I figured a lot of people would like Suwan. But I was like, you know, <laughs> sexual predator. <laughs> Sexual okay. predator, um, Tae Jun. <laughs> I was like, um, I think, I, I don't know. Uh, so I, I'd watched, like, I had started watching the, the anime from the beginning just because uh, episode 14 is very confusing when you don't have any context. So I just went mm-hmm. back and started watching it. And, uh, okay, he, his first appearance was about as bad as the first appearance as you're ever going to make. Like, that was pretty bad. But yeah. I, I watched the first couple of episodes in dub, and then I switched over to the sub. And one, the guy who does his voice in the sub is, it's a nice voice. <laughs> so he's, he's like 12% <laughs> more attractive. He's like 12% more attractive. But the reason I liked him a lot was because the fact that, well, one, it was kind of like a bit of, there's a bit of depth to the character. Initially, I just thought he was kind of like a Biff Tannen, like a, you know, oh, you're just a bit of adult. And yeah, um, there's not much to you, right? You're just kind of that guy, you know, that you're kind of like the bumbling fool who's just going to. Be, take things too far all the time but watching his face when he saw he reacted to Yona's eyes initially once he was like oh I'm paralyzed my first reaction was oh it was cowardice and then I'm like oh wait I think this guy actually like digs her I'm like dig digs her <laughs> and then his whole his whole scene with Suwan where he was like you gotta punish me you gotta punish yeah. me and he's almost fanatical and I'm just like okay okay like this I'm here for it I'm not saying I'm gonna you know like I I heart him or I think he's a good character he's or not good character. I think he's a good character, like in terms of like as a person, but in terms of like how he's written, like I definitely want to see more from him. Yeah. Which is kind of weird because in the beginning I was like, oh, this guy. I don't. I didn't like his hair. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't like his like. I didn't like. Obviously, didn't like his graviness. But as that episode six, which I thought was just incredible, like that was a really really good episode. That was the episode where they almost no, they almost fall off the cliff, which. <laughs> Which is where the episode kind of falls off a cliff. But prior to that, it was like, wow, this is a great episode. The emotions are like really high. The animation took a real like jump. And yeah, he was he was kind of interesting. I was I was very pleasantly surprised by how much I cared about this terrible person. 
So that was my hot take anyway. I like that guy. <laughs> I think that's fair. Um, and I, I have seen this discussion before on my favorite dumpster fire website, Tumblr, where there has been this really sort of negative shift towards assuming that you condone a character's reactions just because you like watching them, which doesn't isn't necessarily the case. So you can say, I want to see more of this character. I find them interesting to watch, but you know, think they're deplorable in nature. So and and that that's the that's the stance that I personally take. So yeah, I think it's fine. We're not going to come after you with your pitchfork saying that you're a rape apologist <laughs> because no. uh, you like, was it Tai 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 Jun? Tai Jun, yes. Tai Jun. Tai Jun. Very close. We'll get there. Tai <laughs> Jun. Uh, on, on our 100th episode, I'll finally remember how to pronounce his name. <sighs> it's okay. I still don't know how to pronounce Kai Shuk. Kai Shuk. I, I look it up every week and every week I forget. <laughs> One year out yeah, the the, the, the pronunciation is really kind of threw me because when I started watching it, I just expected like some fantasy anime sort of like loosely based on Japanese culture. And I was looking at the the, the clothes of the characters and I'm like, this is not Japan. Where is this? Yeah, I and think Alex said it's then, Korea, I think. It is. It is. I had, to, I had to Google it because I was convinced it was China at one point because the, uh, the costumes are kind of like, okay. Uh, I guess this is another kind of hot take, I guess. But I'm a bit of a sucker for, like, melodramatic Chinese dramas. And they, okay. there's a lot of, like, Tang Dynasty, which is, like, a lot of flowing robes. Like, what Suwon wears, right? And I'm like, oh, maybe it's China. But these names are not Chinese. So it really baffled me. And then it turns out it was Korean. Gotcha. And that explained everything. Because I, I don't little about nothing to little. Nothing to little. Little to nothing about, like, Korean historical yeah. whatever this is. But that was pretty cool. I thought that was in terms of, like, well, I haven't seen this before. Yeah, I was going to ask about that. Um, you know, having watched more anime, would, is that common to, I mean, obviously not with Korea, you just said, but is it common to explore other Asian cultures within anime or does it tend to just stay within the realm of Japan that you've seen? Uh, although there has been, there has been, but it's generally like uh, some sort of weird Japanicized version of another culture unfortunately okay. that's always one of the issues with any asian country i found that they don't do well portraying people who are not from specifically that place you know there's okay. a lot of like oh that's i don't really love this representation of insert whatever culture <laughs> or country but uh i've seen some like chinese ones based on china but there's a lot of crossover in terms of like the lore like the history of things so it's like there's similarities. I wonder if it's like, well, they have a Japanese version of that and I'm just familiar with the Chinese version or if they're actually just like cribbing off the Chinese version. Because like I know personally, like from back home in Ireland, uh, a lot of like our myths and our history is like almost identical to Scottish history. You know, they just have different names. And I'm kind of wondering mm -hmm. if that's a similar issue with, with, uh, with Japan and I guess parts of China where it's sort of like so close in proximity and they've got sort of quasi shared history that a mm. lot of it kind of overlaps so yeah but the dress was what really kind of threw me because uh especially yona's father like that is definitely not something a japanese lord would wear or a... and then even looking at the map i was like where is this is this south korea it turns out it was <laughs> i guess <laughs> or some sort of approximation of it but yeah i like that instantly like that that was i thought it was really cool and the clothes are kind of nice uh, i do like suwon's like robes 
it's like, oh, that's so, so like so so comfortable. And wouldn't it, wouldn't it be great if we all could just walk around in long flowing robes all the time? Mm-hmm. Or at least that's what I was thinking. <laughs> Sorry, tangents. But uh, I guess like to sum it to sum it all up though, Tay June, yeah. He's a... <laughs> to, to, to bring it back, <laughs> good good character. How much how much do you know about Yona? Do you only know like up to this episode? I yeah, I literally had seen images of Yona in terms of like, oh, if you like blah, 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 you will like blah, blah, blah. So when I heard that yeah. you guys were doing a podcast on Yona, I was like, wow, that's niche for one. <laughs> and um, so that was pretty much it. I was just like, I saw some of the recommendations in terms of like, I'd seen like Snow White with the red hair and I'd seen a couple of other like of the anime that they were recommended to it. So I, so I was figuring it was kind of like, you're kind of, you know, your reverse harem or harem shoujo. I was thinking maybe like Fruits Basket, but in, you know, in a fantasy world. But beyond that, there was a lot of just me conjecturizing, conjecturizing. It was a lot of conjecture on my part, just looking at some images. So I was very, I went in pretty blind. I wasn't even sure what the tone was going to be like in terms of, you know, um, is it going to be quite like serious or is it going to be like quite, you know, comedic? I really didn't know anything about it. So I would say pretty ignorant, but I, like in terms of, in terms of my interest, it was like it was definitely held. I, I, I got through like seven episodes yesterday, and I was like, you know, I kind of regret the fact I couldn't get all fourteen done. You know, because I was like, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm here for it. It's pretty. It's fun. It's fun. A lot of takes. A lot of nice characters. Like the art. Um, now, two hundred twenty chapters or whatever it is of manga. Like that <laughs> might be. I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. Twenty four episodes of anime, though. That seems like something that can be done, and I'm sure it will be done. I'm uh, I'm enjoying it. Uh, a lot. Okay. Yeah. Uh, not to spoil anything. And if you're like really against spoilers, maybe skip ahead like 10 seconds. But if you like Tejun, you should definitely read the arc right after the anime ends. I, th- I thought you were going to say, oh, yeah, she marries Yona. He marries Yona at the end. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I have read <laughs> that, that would have been a shock. <laughs> one, of my, one of my favorite fics of all time is she marries Tejun. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. But that's not that's not canon, though. It doesn't matter if it's not canon. I assume she... <laughs> ma- I, uh, I don't know. Okay, let me say this. I've got no basis for what I'm going to say now, but it feels like it's setting up for Hawk, right? Blink twice if that's what's going to happen. <laughs> that's how I feel. I, don't, I mean, I don't know if I can confirm or deny, but I will say that that was the reason that I started watching was I saw a gif of her and Hawk pretending to be married in episode two or like engaged. And I was like, fake dating. (laughs) Yeah. Fake dating will hook us in every single time. Absolutely. Cause I was sort of like mentally like compartmentalizing the characters in terms of like, uh, let me, uh, what's the guy's name? Um, Kija. Gija. That's definitely not Gija. That's the one. Um, I was like, I could see him with the blue dragon in terms of like, they could have some sort of, like they could fit together. Gallions. That could be their thing, right? Yeah, like yeah. Uh, no. That's what I, I said I, too. They, they just seem like they could, at, at worst, could be some sort of like buddy cop thing where they're just sort of like, oh, look at us, we're so quirky, right? We're the <laughs> dragons, and then Suwon, where Suwon fits into the puzzle because, like, clearly there's more to him. The, 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 that's like the thing that's like driving me crazy right now is this mystery of like why he did what he did, because. That's what I'm yeah. wondering too, because we know 
And Alex isn't allowed to say anything because she refuses to spoil deliberately. But it's like, God, he did this terrible thing. He betrayed the, the two people he loves most in the world. Uh, because supposedly King Eel killed his father. And all yeah. we know of King Eel is he's this like huge pacifist, sweet guy, big marshmallow. And I was like, how could he have done big this and killed him? <laughs> so it's like, I, I hope at some point, yeah, we learn more about this. That, that was a, definitely a heart moment for her. Hawk when he calls a big marshmallow like yeah. multiple times. <laughs> and he, uh, also, Hawk's um, grandfather slash not grandfather with oh, the um, yeah. with the eye. Oh yeah, that guy. Great, yeah, great, great. He's great. We love him. We love Moondock. He's the best. <laughs> yeah, but that's like, that's driving me nuts now trying to figure out what it is. Because like, I can't even imagine like, oh, the reveal where the emperor actually did kill his father. Because every instance I see of the emperor, I'm waiting for like this, oh, there's a bit of like a reveal to this like dark underbelly that Yona didn't see. And then I started getting really into my own head. And I'm like, I wonder if all of like our... Like presentation of her father is just like through sort of her subjective kind of reality. So he was never actually that awesome because that's how she saw him as a young child, right? And mm-hmm. you know, you you have this like you have this like image of your parents as being this like very together, stable, uh, nice, hopefully, mm-hmm. individual. And I was like, and I'm like, oh, I might be overanalyzing this in terms of like you might just be a nice guy. <laughs> You know? <laughs> and, I, and then, I, then I guess we're, we're talking maybe like evil advisor, you know, that's the other guy. But I kind of like the advisor too. I don't want him to be evil. <laughs> I don't know. He's like another kind of like, oh, he's a nice looking character. I like his hair and his, <laughs> thingy on top, you know, and God, he wears the robes well. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm very fascinated to see how they handle that because every time I see Suwan, I'm like, I'm there for it in terms of like, I think the next, I don't know if it, it is, but the next episode seemed to be like a Suwan episode. And I was kind of like, oh, yeah, that's going to be great. Because he, he is a riddle wrapped in enigma, wrapped in a robe, you know? I'm very curious to see where that <laughs> a very goes. very Korean robe. <laughs> yes. He also wears the crown very well, I got to say. Because I think it's not, like, flattering. But he's like, wow, he really wears it. You know, it, <laughs> Take it brings out his eyes. He does. Because yeah. I can't imagine, like, <laughs> like not to get a hot take, but could, you, could Yona pull it off that well? Maybe Suwon is supposed to be the king. Who knows? <laughs> mm. From a fashion you know, it's like how well standpoint. It's got to be yeah. Suwon. Well, yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm yeah. thinking right now. I do find him interesting, even if not necessarily like liking his character at this bit, uh, rate, because uh, going back to like sort of what's used to, I understand even not having watched a lot of anime or read a lot of manga, Alex has informed me that like the first guy always wins tends to be the case. And he was very much Yona's first love. And that seems at least for now to be subverted because, you know, how can you wind up with the guy who murdered your father? Uh, <laughs> the couple's therapy there. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So I do want to see where he goes just from a standpoint of you would expect him to be the one that she winds up with if we're staying true to the genre i guess it would be terrible though right like it has to be hack i I don't even love hack that much like (laughs) in terms of like like hack's totally cool guy don't get me wrong and like man can man can swing a what do you call that thing glaive 
a glaive, glaive that's the thing. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I'm sure like if you can handle a glaive that well, what else could you handle mm. quite well? But <laughs> like you know, like he's good I, with I, his I, hands. Yeah, really I'm sure he is. But you know, in my mind, I always like, okay, that's like the obvious one. Like, wouldn't it be interesting though if she married, I don't know, like not that she needs to marry, but like or she um her like her interest was with, I don't know, like the gold dragon or the little boy who's a bit of a smart ass or oh, the blue yeah. dragon or whoever, right? You know, you can kind of like you do this mental like kind of math in your head of like what would that be like as like a, a love interest? But mm-hmm. it, it, I feel like it always comes back to hack. Yeah. Suwon's kind of like is Suwon kind of sexless? Does that make sense? He's so I like think... angelic and ethereal. Alex, haven't you made the Alex has made the case that he's asexual, I think, haven't you? Yes. I read him as asexual. I will fight to the death on this. I do think that he is ace. We have a listener who wrote in and she said that she reads him as aromantic. So not quite asexual. But either way, he's not interested. <laughs> he's not interested There was a scene. I don't know I if it was like... I think he had a crush on Hawk. That's I was I literally going to say that. I saw there was a scene, I can't remember what episode it was, where Hawk was sitting on a bridge just being like, you know, being Hawk. And Suwon was like, oh, I wish you could be with me forever. <laughs> and I was like, you guys are like, and their faces were like really close. Oh, yeah. Wasn't it, I, was like, I think his face oh, was like, tucked into his like neck or something like su- hyper romantic. Yeah, he does the like shoujo anime bend of like putting his head on, on Hawk's shoulder. That's like only a thing lovers do in shoujo. So, so we're saying like it's it's Hawk and Suwon is where it's going to end up. <laughs> or maybe it's, maybe it's like super, it's like super progressive and. Like, they all just, like, have this weird sort of, like, triangle going on. Okay, that is an interesting thing about Kuznagi, though. I think she's vaguely homophobic, but I don't blame her for it. I feel like it's a very societal thing. And, like, they're... I I mean, okay, so I don't want to speak for Japanese people because, obviously, I'm not Japanese and I've never been. But... I mean, like, you can also see it... I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't even make this point, but... (laughs) You can also see it in like Fruits Basket, where I feel like there were so many queer storylines that just went straight in the end, bizarrely. I have yeah. no idea why. And I feel like it just like wasn't, I, I mean, like obviously gay people have always existed, but I feel like it maybe is a little controversial. I mean, like even in the States, gay marriage was legalized in what, 2012? Like that's insanely recent. Mm-hmm. Um and you can kind of see vaguely homophobic jokes in like past Kuznagi works. So I'm not quite sure where she stands on it, but I don't think she thinks of like putting together a same sex couple. So I don't think Hawk and Suwan are actually written as like lovers or love interests, but I do think that's accidentally what she's written. <laughs> If you want to sell manga, you got to have that implied. You yeah. have to have that implied. So, yeah, like, subconscious homoerotic subtext. That moment was like a hello. <laughs> you know, like drop what you're doing. Let me see this. I'm kind of curious to see where this goes. And um, No, the first yeah. time I watched it, I literally paused it and I texted Evangelina and I was like, what do you know about Yona of the Dawn? I think they're doing an actual love triangle. What is happening? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it got me, so I don't know. Well, I, I still, I still, in saying that, though, I still see him as sexless. I don't know, just like, sex, like he literally could have, like, if someone said, oh, he's like, he doesn't even have, he's like a Ken doll, right? There's like nothing there. <laughs> yeah. I'd be like, yeah, yeah, I can see it. 
he's too pure for this world or something yeah. like that. You know, he just looks like he kind of looks like he's kind of danced down from the heavens, you know, yeah. and sort of graced and then murdered somebody. He also strikes me as somebody who like will have to like like he'll lie back and think of England at some point to produce an heir, but like that's literally all <laughs> he'll ever need his wife for. It'll be like a one deal, one time deal, and then never again. <laughs> Yeah, I could see that as well. <laughs> yeah, secure the dynasty and then we're done. Because, yeah, my dude just does not care. He's got a kingdom to run. A dad to avenge. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. His dad also is like, he's, his dad, I don't know, like from the interactions I've seen so far, it's kind of unusual because sort of like physically, you're just waiting for him to be a big meanie. But every interaction I've seen so far with him has been like, oh, he's a bit of a nice guy as well. Like kind of likable dude with his little... Uh, goatee and you know it's weird like I could you know I check the you know the the paternity test with him and Suwon in terms of like <laughs> they don't look anything alike they don't you know I guess mysterious mother must be like very Suwon he's who knows yeah. do we do we ever get to know Alex about Suwon's mother yes okay you get all of these answers that you're wondering about however i will warn you it comes around chapter 190 okay (laughs) so it is so far in the future you might as well just forget about it (laughs) i gotta i gotta ask does she look like suan um can i answer that I mean, sure. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. Okay, I was going to say, are we about to have a Mari situation where (laughs) you are not the father? No, no. He's definitely his dad. Okay. That's an interesting take. (laughs) (laughs) For some reason, it didn't even occur to me, but you're right. He is very dark and familiar. Like if someone said, oh, that's actually Hawk's dad. And they got mixed at birth. They got switched at birth. They're like, oh yeah, yeah, I can see it. That's interesting because Hawk is adopted. Right? That would have been. Is, uh, but is everybody in the Wind Tribe is uh, Wind Tribe? Right? That that is correct. Yeah. Is everybody in the Wind Tribe adopted? Is that a thing? It seemed like uh, his brother was adopted too, right? And I kind of wonder. Everyone seemed like really young. I think Moondock is just like you don't have a parent. I will love you harder. <laughs> I don't know that everybody is adopted. <laughs> But they are a very communal, like, community. Mm-hmm. Oh, but, uh, they are, like, all of our kids are our kids. I could also, like, totally watch a spinoff of the two dudes who are at the gate. Sort of, like, not doing their job. Oh, they're fantastic. I miss them. I miss them. And did you get to... Why am I blanking on his name? He's my favorite. Alex, help me. Yoon's <laughs> mentor. Iksu. Yes, did you get to Iksu on oh, your oh, watch? Is this, is this, like, Bang's... Uh, the priest. Yes, yes. His priest. Yes, yes, yes. I literally like. I just got to him. Um, as in, like Yona woke up and he was there, but we didn't get the next episode. I think is the prophecy episode. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Um, because, because yeah, I, I had to like try and fill in some gaps for myself because mm-hmm. I just ran out of time in terms of watching it. But uh, yeah, he seems like a cool cat. Um, Love him. I, I'm kind of curious to see like where he goes. In terms of like, I could I, I could definitely like see use more of him. But then again, from like the OP, uh, it was like one random shot of him. So I'm guessing it was kind of like, all right, that was that was him. Moving on. Yeah, I worry uh, we'll never see him again, which saddens me. Maybe he like God. I yeah, love him. yeah he seemed like a fun. Guy. He seemed like a fun guy. Um, I couldn't. I wouldn't say he's like. I know that I found that in the first scene. The other boy, the other character is it Yon? Yoon. Um. Yoon, yeah. I felt like he kind of dominated the interaction a little bit. 
so it was it was hard to get a bit of a read on without seeing the episode, the prophecy episode itself. It's hard to get a read on um the the, the guy with bangs the bangs. Bangs yeah. with the gear, yes. You know, that is interesting because Yoon is the one that they pick up and he's the one that joins their group, but Iksu isn't. So it's funny that you say he dominates the conversation because yeah, that makes sense. I mean, they had to introduce his character and make him like the standout so that you would care about him coming alone. You guys you guys don't like him, right? Not not fans of Yoon? Oh yeah. I like Yoon. Alex doesn't particularly or has he grown on you because i know cause some people grow she didn't like because you didn't like geisha either like l- last week she had to like yeah. retrain herself to not just automatically disparage <laughs> geisha because she's like wait i do enjoy him why am i still talking i love i love geisha and trust me every other character seems like they're disparaging him anyway so yeah that made me just love him even more uh the scene, he, there was a bit of actually i'll say i'll save it for the recap i guess because it was in that episode but there was a bit in that episode i was like oh my god i love this guy I love this guy with his like big hand, but uh, yeah, I like Gisha. And as I said, I'm there for him and the Blue Dragon just to be, you know, a buddy cop, or at least, you know. I was wondering, also, Alex. Um, yeah. You and this might count as spoiler territory, so you might not answer. But you have hinted before that there are two dragons that are shipped together frequently within the fandom, and I was wondering, is it these two? You know, because it's Fanon, I will answer, and it's not. So oh, that's really? why I was interested. <laughs> you guys are like, yeah, I love these two together. I'm like, I've literally never heard that. Alex <laughs> like, you are the only two that do. Okay. <laughs> well, that was another thing that I was reading, and it might have been, you know, Western lens. But I, I, I mean, they, I, I'm jumping ahead, of course, but. I, I mean, the, verbally, they were trying to set them up as brothers, but just like the way they were when they're first connecting and it's like one of those like really shot, uh, I don't know what you call those shots in anime where it just sort of pauses and everything's flowery and pretty and they're like blushing at each other. And yeah. Oh no. Yeah. It seemed like a lot. So no, I, was wondering. I mean, it would be, it, it would be interesting because they are functionally opposites because, okay. So I'll get into this later, but like Gisha and Yona are very similar, right? And then mm. Yona and uh, Sheena are basically polar opposites. So it stands to reason like Gija and, and Sheena are going to be polar opposites too. We don't see very much of that. but And usually people ship the like polar opposites. Doesn't exactly happen here. <laughs> but we have to wait. We'll, we'll explore this in a couple of weeks, I promise. Okay, cool, cool. All right, looking forward to that. Now I really want to know what these, what, what, which two dragons are getting shipped. I know. Uh, find out <laughs> in the future. Tune in next week. Yeah. Is it as soon as next week? Mm. Yeah, you, you can't be you can't be writing checks now if that's not going to be a thing. I know. <laughs> I will suddenly fill our inbox as a mysterious anon. That'd be like, hey, you promised this. <laughs> Tell me now. <laughs> dragging shipping. Where is no, the dragon I shipping? Kind of, I kind of want to just never tell you and let you figure it out yourself. To be like, <laughs> oh, they have an interesting dynamic. I don't see it, but maybe you will. <laughs> yeah, because that was one thing you mentioned. You were like, they're a really big pairing, and I don't know why. And I'm just like, who is it? But I think I'm just like really zoned in on Hakiona. That's the only thing I care about. That's the only ship that I care about, which is weird because usually like shipping is fun. So usually oh my there's God, more. Yeah. But... 
Do you guys, you guys don't like, uh, I don't know if you guys are fans of Haikyuu. I have watched the first half of the first season. All right. Because that show, whoo. That's <laughs> like, there's a lot of shipping going on. Oh my God. Because so there's just like shipping. so, there's like volumes of characters. Like each team has like 12 guys. And you're like, oh man, this guy right here, <laughs> ne- uh, Neko Boy and Owl Boy. Oh. The only one that I got because I do like sunshine grumpy situations is the like tall, dark haired boy. To- uh, Kakiyama. I'm guessing like the main boy. Yeah, yeah, Kageyama, yeah the yeah, main yeah. boy. And then the short, like, sunshine boy who's like, I can oh, do Hinata. anything. Yeah. Yeah. Literal sunshine boy as well. He, like, his name is like Sun, I think. Uh, yeah, I can see it. Like, there's so many. Like, I, I, went, I went way too far into that fandom, honestly. <laughs> I watched a video. I watched a video of like the 50 ships, and I was like, yep, 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 yep. 50. Yep, sure. Wow. Keep going. Yeah, there's. The, I would say the Haiku fan, the, the fan base is pretty, like, pretty intense. In terms of like, there's a lot of directions that can go in terms of like, like what, the, how the fandom express themselves in terms of like, you know, like, like a fan art or fanships or, you know, you know, like a, like a hundred million different ways of expressing themselves. That's a pretty big community, I would say. Um, I, I, I did a YouTube video on, on them, um, Haiku before, and it got like, I think it's got over 30,000 views at this point. And that fan base just like, oh, you got to. Well, it was like, I have a big fan. Unfortunately, you, you kind of get like defined by that thing as well. Because they're like, where is part three? You promised part three, you know? Uh. <laughs> but yeah, it's like, it's a, uh, that, that, that's definitely like, in terms of like, because the there's so many characters. And they, there's like, there's also like no girls. So everything is like <laughs> kind of this blue dragon, white dragon situation. Where yeah. like, well, what do we, th- what do we think of Akuro and, you know, Okuto? <laughs> is that a thing, you know? <laughs> And they, and they all come in pairs generally, so it's always like, oh, look at these two. You know, here's the stoic one, here's the stupid one. He keeps them in check. You know, <laughs> it works. You know, <laughs> also they're like very, they're also very well drawn, and they're like attractive characters because they're all like volleyball players. You know, I should caveat they're all high school volleyball players, but you know, in the realms of imagination, don't worry about it. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I don't condone that opinion, by the way. I just, that sounded really bad, actually. <laughs> But you know, you know what I mean. Age is nothing but a number. Gosh, yes. yikes! The hottest take. First of all, rape apologist. Second of all, age is just a number. I was thinking like in the twilight sense, where it's like, okay, if you're like several hundred years old, and yeah. that person is like, that's okay, you know. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that that sounded really bad. I mean, we were raised on. We were raised on Mamaru and Usagi growing up in Sailor Moon. And she is, what, is it 14 at the start of the show, Alex? 14 with a, yeah. with a college dude. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. You kind of have to not think about it, right? Exactly. You're also like, oh, it's, it's like, it's, it's, it's animated. It's like, it's like a fantasy thing anyway. Yeah, like, it's a different. It, yeah, it's an imaginary world where he's not a predator and it's fine. <laughs> and like, yeah, it's wholesome. God damn it! Don't do this to me. <laughs> Plus, I just feel like I mean, I know I personally had the fantasy of like an older guy being interested in me when I was younger. So, like in high school, I'd be like, "Ooh," but like 
an older man who thinks that I'm really interesting and pretty. And like in real life, obviously that man is like a douchebag who shouldn't be around children because he can't get anyone his own age. So he has to prey on people who can't like stand up for themselves or know better. However, in media, when you're 16, you're like, here's a safe space for me to date a 24 year old who probably shouldn't date me, but like, just can't keep it to himself. Like he's just so taken by me. Like, that's fun to imagine, not fun in real life. <laughs> Which is what fiction for. So. Exactly. I think uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda said that about writing Hamilton. And it's fun to play somebody who would cheat on his wife as somebody who would never cheat on his wife, but just get to explore what that would be like. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think it's like condoning it so much as here's where we're going to explore a taboo. I mean, it's the same thing as like incest I know people have huge problems with it and I'm not saying you shouldn't have huge problems with it, but I think it's one of those sort of like, here's a taboo we can explore. And like, it's a, it's sexier because it's forbidden sort of thing. Like it doesn't do it for me, but fun fact. I, I have said before that I haven't like really ever watched anime aside from sailor moon, this absorb some dragon ball Z by osmosis from my brother and uncle growing up but i actually i had forgotten this but um some of my friends in high school were super into anime and at the time they were into i don't know if either of you have ever heard of this one it's called yosuga no sora um it is also a harem anime uh and that one was really weird and i don't know if this is common with harem animes but it would like you would have the main character and it would explore his relationship with one of the girls. And then it would like reset. And then if he hadn't taken this path and then gone with such and such girl instead, it was a very confusing when I was first watching it, but yeah, one of the pairings. And I think actually the final pairing in the show, um, cause I don't know that I finished it. Um, cause I think at that point I was like, this friend is never going to date me. I don't need to like, what he likes. <laughs> 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 but uh but the final pairing is actually him and his twin sister who has of course it is of yeah course is. i think i've heard of this because i watched i watched a youtube video on how fucked up it was yeah it it's really fucked up like one of the one of the girls that he's paired with uh actually like raped him at one point it, it, it it's a very weird show um no no offense to any listeners if you like it but yeah it is and the art is actually quite beautiful which is why said friend watched it as he insisted me oh the art's really great oh uh, <laughs> yeah i will cut this but was it yes it was yes yes it was god damn this is what sucks about like oh someone god. who's known you since uh has someone that's known you since middle school yeah she was like i know who you're talking about <laughs> i was like okay cute Cute boy, you talked to anime. It's all it can Gotta be. be well, yeah. The other the other option was, and let's be honest, no one ever had crushes on that guy. Uh, oh. No, to Matt. Oh. I'm sure he's glowed up. I'm sure he's glowed up by now. Matt caught a stray there. Okay. <laughs> also, he was like one of those people that like would talk to you if you didn't have his exact opinion on media. He also watched a lot of anime, like. He would talk to you like you were stupid. Mm. Yeah, so he was. Yeah. So he deserves all. He deserves that comment. Then. Yeah, yeah, maybe he made. He might have watched some good. I know. I know he really liked Bacano, which I've never watched. But if either of you ever 
have seen it or will watch it, let me know afterwards if it was actually a good one. Because then I'll think more highly of him, <laughs> maybe. But I'd like to think that he was wrong and that everything he likes sucks. Because he was so mean, but whatever. We're cutting all this. Yeah, let's go over that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that was... Um, yeah, one of my few forays into anime. And yeah, that was one of those times where it was like, okay, let's ex- explore incest and the ramifications of that. Because if, if I'm not mistaken, it they actually have to leave town at the end because like everybody knows. There's like um, there's like a genre, I think you could even call it at this point, called like in a Moto series, which is basically Little Sisters. Oh, don't. And I, I, it's, like, it's, like, it's, a th- it's literally a thing. You know, like I could probably name like half a dozen, like just rattle them off the top of my head. It's like, well, there's Poopa, and then there's, I guess there's a really famous one um, a couple of years ago called Eromanga Sensei, which is like very, yeah, it's a thing. It's a thing. Even like in uh, some of these, like not this one, but there's, I know um, Alex is not a fan, but we're in high school host club. Two of the characters are twin brothers in that, and they kind of actually play that up. Oh, really? Like they're, they're sort of like, in, yeah. Like in an amazing way because Orin High School Host Club is amazing. But <laughs> <laughs> if you say so, <laughs> I do. We can talk. We can talk about that uh, on 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 our podcast. <laughs> I like, look forward. To I, it. I was like, I, if I was wearing a monocle, it would have dropped at that point. She doesn't <laughs> like Orin High School Host Club. <laughs> I think I might be the only one on the planet. I swear. I to think God. you might be. I think you might be. It's we so funny. We will have to talk about this in it. <laughs> on your podcast because i look forward to it but uh yeah not a fan it's a it is a thing though (laughs) they do play that up and it's very uncomfortable because they are literal twins they are (sighs) okay but i do wonder if it's like because japan is an island because i know i know on islands incest is even more of a taboo because there's so little population to choose from so if you're you you one have more of a chance to be like with someone you're related to even by accident and two like that's just I'm, really- I'm from a very small town in ireland so <laughs> like i'm gonna island low population check <laughs> yeah. uh, lots of family members. It, like, it's okay. like that in oh, arkansas dear. too i i always ding 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 Okay, I'm not. I'm not pointing at anybody. I'm not casting blame. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> Florida, looking at you. Yeah, that's why we never go to Florida. <laughs> that was a very, very long uh, foray into incest and everything else, but we should probably get into it. Okay, so this marks the fifth volume of the series. Uh, so we get a new cover, which is always really exciting. And also this cover is very cute because um, Gija has his like claw wrapped around Yona and it looks super cool. But then like on the inside page, uh, <laughs> she <laughs> it's like a little picture of her patting his head and he blushes and it's very cute. Is that to diffuse the like romance novel Enos of the first cover? Because I thought it was really intense looking with him like grasping her and everything. Yeah, it does look like a romance novel. Yeah, I was like, because it made me wonder. I was like, oh, is this going to be an arc where she's like maybe with Gija for a little bit? But that's the thing. I don't know how like covers work with like manga. Are they are they just like stylistic representations or do they try and like 
show you what's going to be happening in the arc. I don't know how to answer that. No, but I don't know either because I was I was reading one recently where the two like love rivals that are trying to get the main couple to like separate and go with like separate people were back to back on like a back cover or something. So I don't know that that's necessarily correlated. It's just like I think it, about. yeah, I think it's pretty much clickbait in terms oh. of like okay, here's, a, here's a new character. He's kind of attractive. Um, you want to buy this and see if that actually happens, right? Yeah, where so it, it mightn't affect the story whatsoever, right? Yeah, um, that's like I'd imagine for each dragon and each new volume, there's going to be a similar sort of like you know showcase cover for them. Yeah, well, even so, that's. That's why I was confused, though, why it was Gija, though, because shouldn't it have been our man, Blue Dragon? Since this is really the start of his arc, I feel like, now that he's joining them. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think of other covers that I've seen. No, I don't think they're correlated to the storyline. Okay, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, clickbait would, in fact, yeah, would be <laughs> a good comparison, then. That's fair, yeah. But it did look like a romance novel, and it was cool. And also, I love that he's just so gentle, even though he's got this giant fucking claw. Because <laughs> he's this, like, monster. He's, like, yeah, he's a scary monster. And she's just like, well, you're so cute. Look at I you. love him, but the size of the hand still freaks me out. <laughs> okay, okay, but, uh, I mean, I keep, ugh. Okay, we're never going to get to this. <laughs> We're never going to get to the meat of it. But we've been talking about reverse harems a lot. And you said it looks like a romance novel cover. I think it's really interesting because I don't, like, see this as a reverse harem. Like, obviously, Guja has kind of a puppy glove crush on her. And Hawk obviously has a crush on her. And Yoon doesn't. Like, I just, I've never seen him as having one. And I see her and she not as, like, not that i don't know if they have like a mother-son thing going on I, I, I was getting like little brother vibes with him yeah like yeah definitely some sort of family member like i'm gonna look out for you and he's just functionally like i've never spoken to another human being before so i don't see him in any sort of sexual context <laughs> i think you could i personally don't because it's not necessarily my favorite trope but i guess a case could be made for it in a born sexy yesterday sense Mm, yeah but i do hate that trope so that's probably why i was like i don't like this (laughs) yeah Yeah, but i guess he was born sexy yesterday woof all right uh chapter 24 light so we pick up where we left off last time the villagers are freaking out that the blue dragon is going to turn them all to stone and kill them yona protests that he's kind and he wouldn't kill for no reason uh, so on this re-read and re-watch, I was picking up, uh, I, I picked up her phrase, kill for no reason, as an interesting distinction. So she doesn't yeah. say he won't kill anyone. And this last few chapters or episodes ago, she had that whole long conversation with Hawk about being able to kill people when it matters. She knows that, you know, sometimes killing people is necessary and it doesn't automatically make them a bad person. And I've been trying to think of this since <laughs> we got to that episode. But it's been driving me crazy that there was a character that I had watched where, like, they were so against killing and they were basically, like, no killing ever and had basically, like, word for word said that. And it's Scott McCall. Is it Batman? It's Scott McCall from Teen Wolf. 
The greatest yeah. war show of all time. Doesn't Batman kill people though? Well, I think it depends. I'm not. I'm probably going to annoy somebody when I say this, but from my understanding, in terms of like the main canon timeline thing, yeah. he doesn't kill people. Like that's okay. his thing. Because wasn't the whole thing in like in the Dark Knight that the Joker wanted him to break his own rules, right? And the, his ultimate thing was like never killing somebody. Oh yeah. Okay, I thought that was just because he was like, you either kill a bunch of people or you kill your girlfriend. I thought that was his whole, like, and not that he wouldn't kill anybody, but that he had to choose between who had to die. Well, in that situation, but I think like the the whole idea was that uh, the Joker wanted him to like he wanted Batman to kill him. Oh yeah, yeah. No, no, no. it's been a while, but I'm pretty certain yeah. Batman doesn't kill, or like that's like a thing. Okay. Yeah, well, I mean, so that's what I'm getting at. I feel like a lot of Western media is like heroes can't kill anybody. Or if they kill people, they're either like aliens or like faceless red shirts that like don't matter. And I, it's um, it's this thing where like you, you can't kill human beings. And so to have Western media is like, oh. I was just going to say, yeah, it's very big on not killing the bad because the idea is you have to be above the bad guy and the bad guy kills so therefore you don't and it's also big on villain redemptions i feel like so like if the villain is not killed he's he or she is redeemed um although that was also a thing not necessarily forgive i can't remember if it started i'm assuming uh but it might have just been american originally but Last Airbender wasn't Aang the same way, no killing. Yeah, yeah, he wouldn't kill. He wouldn't kill. At the end of like, uh, he that's why he takes the Fire Lord's bending because, well, he's a, he's also like a he's like a a monk, right? So culturally, that wouldn't be a thing for air nomads. Like, I think they're pacifists mm-hmm. generally. Um, because but I don't I don't even think Korra killed anyone, right? Did she? I want to say no. I don't think so. I didn't pay I too think close so. attention to Korra because it wasn't well written. But um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, at the end of Avatar, he also doesn't kill anybody. It bothered some people. I actually thought it worked really well, but mostly because he is a monk and like that was all set up. And also because he didn't need to. Yeah. Like, I yeah. feel like killing is necessary when it's necessary. But if it's not and you can like incapacitate someone, why wouldn't you do that? Why would you murder someone? <laughs> <laughs> But sometimes it's necessary, and they make that distinction. And, and Yoda like that. understands that. Oh, can I just give you a clap there for that transition <laughs> to bring that back around? That was like professional. Wow. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, she she knows that sometimes you need to kill for self-defense. It doesn't make you any less of a good person. So I do like that distinction. And it's one of my favorite aspects of this. Like, I, I felt like reading that was super refreshing, especially coming off of, like, years and years of so many superhero movies, which is not a bad thing. I still enjoy them, but also a little bit repetitive. I would like to see a little more gray morality. All right. So then Yona and Yoon turn to see the blue dragon's eyes, which are actually really beautifully drawn. Like they're really the art pretty. in this is just incredible. Uh, and then he shuts his eyes again and refastens his mask. And Yona assumes correctly that he is doing this to show that he means no harm. So uh, I did a little research on his eyes. <laughs> Because I did not pay attention in science class. And also, it's been years since I've been in school. 
Um, but animals with vertical slit pupils are usually predators that are active during both night and day. And so like the bigger pupils will let them see better. Um, and, uh, I know it's probably obvious to most people, but I had to do research on this. <laughs> I did have to look it up. Uh, so anyway, that's why I think the villagers are terrified. He's got predator eyes. <laughs> so they're like instinctually. Instinctually, and also shows that he can see super well in any level of light, which is his entire power. So that makes sense. So Gija asks him what he's doing there since he didn't seem keen on joining them. And the blue dragon, which I'll call him the blue dragon because like his whole naming situation later is like a really important plot point. So right now he's the blue dragon. So the blue dragon picks up an axe and basically swings it at Gija. It's a tense moment and it's broken only when the blue dragon actually swings the wall next to Gija in a clear attempt to help dig them out. But nobody got because he did not communicate. (laughs) My dude has been alone for 14 years. Let's cut him some slack, Gija. Uh, oh, he gets all the slack. I just think it's a very funny moment. Where oh, Gisha's yeah, no. like, you have to communicate. And the blue dragon's like, nobody's spoken to me in 14 years. Yeah. <laughs> also, the irony of Gija, who doesn't know how to act right in any situation, telling somebody what their conduct should be is amazing to me. I love that. He is a prissy boy. He needs to He needs to lead and tell people how to do things. He's a total mom, right? You can see it. I could like he's the mom. That's how I'm. I, I could see Gija in the future if he's not like the butt of every joke. <laughs> that also seems like a like could also be a route that he takes. I didn't actually see him as a mom. I do see him as an older brother. I mean, he tries to be an older brother. We'll see if that succeeds or fails, but um, that's what he's aiming for. <laughs> I see. I don't know. Oh, I do know. Okay, I won't tell you. Okay, so Yoon asks why he's digging in that particular spot when the cave-in happened on the other side of the room, and the blue dragon says it's because this spot connects to the outside and it's faster. I also have in my notes that I love uptight Gija, as we were talking about, uh, because you have to tell people these things. And then he smiles at Yona, and he tells her he'll get her out soon. And I just really love that he's literally only there for Yona. <laughs> I mean, he doesn't, he doesn't talk to Yoon. He keeps snapping and getting annoyed at Hawk, and now he's snapping and getting annoyed at the Blue Dragon. <laughs> but then with Yona, he's like, don't worry, sweetie, we'll get you out. <laughs> Uh, so then Yona wants to help dig them out. So she steals a something, maybe a short sword, maybe a knife. Yeah. I thought it was a dagger. Yeah. And either way, it's unfortunate to dig with. I noted that when I was watching the anime, it's like, God, you just kind of have to sit there and like, again, it's not a visual medium, but I am just like ineffectually whacking at an imaginary wall, like a dumbass. But it's probably as effective as doing it in real life honestly (laughs) you're gonna get nowhere i mean honestly yeah i mean as we see at the end they've gotten basically nowhere (laughs) (laughs) they don't get out yeah sometimes it's important though to feel like you're helping though even if you're not yeah i mean i'm sure they get a little bit and then like hawk gets the rest of the way but uh, yes so speaking of hawk as they work, Yona thinks, Hawk, are you safe? I'm coming back. I'm coming back for you. Under this de- dramatic declaration, there's a quick shot of Gija smacking a giant boulder into the blue dragon's face. <laughs> Which, they're just such hot messes that somehow get worse with each other. They are fun to watch. <laughs> 
So as Yana's thinking about Hawk, we cut to Hawk, who is exhausted. He's been digging and digging. We see sweat pouring down his face, and yet he's made pretty much no progress. He thinks, how deep is she buried? Not that it matters. I will save her. So I noted that they are both thinking of each other, which obviously I love because, you know, shipping. It's shipping fun. Goggles. Uh, but also it's cool that he is thinking, I have to save her, and she's thinking, I have to save myself. I thought that was a fun distinction. So then some villagers approach Hawk and they explain that they have family trapped behind the rocks and Hawk tells them to tell him what they know and stop being so secretive, which obviously they don't do because they're all shady bitches. Uh, and then uh, we cut back to Yona where we see that. Mm, what have I missed in my notes? Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so cut back to Yona. She is chipping away at the wall and she faints from what little air they have left. Okay, here's the deal. I don't buy this. I understand that the like air running out of time is setting stakes, which were probably not there. Like there, there's no reason for them to be so to insistent rush. about digging yeah. themselves out if there's no rush to it. But also there's a giant hallway behind them. They walk down. Like, <laughs> there's no way they're running out of air. They're not in a tiny room. I mean, they are in a tiny room, but, like, it connects to, you know, various systems. I, I don't buy it. So, so what, do you think she's got, like, a case of the vapors or? I think she probably overworked herself. I do also think that she has run out of air functionally in the story. I just don't understand the physics of the air situation in the story. Yeah. If that makes yeah. sense. Also the way they, she kind of like got that second wind. Yeah. Like pretty quickly. Like where, where, was, where was that air hiding? Exactly. At exactly. The... She was down to where the air was hiding. <laughs> <laughs> okay. This might be, uh, this might be more suspension of your disbelief, but in an attempt to explain it and also simultaneously reveal some of my dumbassery, um, as somebody who has literally run out of air mid sentence because I've forgotten to take a breath while talking. And <laughs> I, I can believe that maybe she ran out of air or like sort of forgot to breathe as she was working hard. Cause that is another thing I'll do. If I'm exercising, I, I always thought it was stupid that when you're first learning to exercise, they like teach you how to breathe. And then I like skipped it once and then discovered that I like wasn't taking breaths while like lifting weights. And so I was like, Oh, this is why. Yeah. You're holding, you're holding your breath. Yeah. 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 So like, Honestly, okay. I I feel like that, especially since she's the only one passing out. I can buy that. Yeah, she's just like working really hard and holding her breath, not realizing that she's done it. Because Lord knows, I I've never done it to the point of passing out. No, actually, I do buy that because she was really sheltered and hasn't had to work very hard. So, I mean, the most exercise she's done is walking around and shooting bows at night or bow, you know, archery at night. So she probably isn't used to like chipping away at giant rock walls. <laughs> yeah. She didn't have that instructor. That's like, first we're going to learn how to breathe. So yeah, <laughs> she had to figure it out on her own. Which Hawk would not teach her. He'd be like, just breathe. Are you a dumbass? <laughs> <laughs> air goes in here. Air goes in here. <laughs> I will buy that if she overworked herself rather than running out of air in the in the area all right yeah 
And then the boys are like, oh, we're running out of air to make her feel better. Because no one wants to be a person that just forgot to breathe. You know, this is my my rewriting via Fanon a little bit, but okay, I'll believe that they think she's running out of air, and that's why they do it because Yoon terrified them, and he was like, "We're all gonna run out of air, we're all gonna die." <laughs> okay, I buy that. Great. Um, so they think she's running out of air. So Geisha tells the Blue Dragon to take Yona down to his room. She gets taken down to the room, right? We get a cute scene of the blue dragon carrying her off and wrapping her in his fur to make sure that she's warm and comfortable. It's adorable. Um, there's just the best panel of him looking around, spotting Owl, and then immediately handing her over to Yona, who has this like adorable look of wonder on her face to be like, oh, I get her. They're so cute. Yes. Uh, that, this is the dream, to be carried somewhere to a fluffy blanket and then given a really cute tiny mammal. That's all I want in life. Yeah, it's pretty cute. It is It is pretty much the dream. And also, Yona thinks that too, because she starts tearing up and she thinks he's so kind. Why doesn't anyone realize that? And then she tells him, it's not fair that you're all alone like this. I know we just met, but I want to help you. Is that presumptuous of me? She lets herself be sad for another moment and then stands and decides to go back and help dig again. She briefly tells him about her past and she thinks, I learned what it's like to be hungry uh, how it feels to have your whore. Oh my God. To have your whore? <laughs> how it feels to. <laughs> Freudian slip there. <laughs> how it feels to have your heart torn apart and how it feels to keep breathing anyway. I learned that we have to keep wanting to live. I think this is a really lovely way to end those first few chapters. Um, I think it's safe to say that she was pretty suicidal at the beginning or at the very least apathetic towards death. And now she's found her fighting spirit and that she's not just going to accept death. Uh, so I wrote that and then I thought about it the next morning because I was like, I feel like there's more I want to say. And there was. <laughs> um, so this is also like a really big step towards her character progression because we already see her decide to not be passively suicidal on the cliffs towards the face off with Tejun. But there she decided to risk her life for Hawk. So she's been living for, uh, for other people up until this point. Uh, so for, starting with her dad, he told her she couldn't marry Suwon. So instead of eloping, she tries to go convince him that she wants to marry him anyway. Uh, she said that she hated her hair until Suwon told her he thought it was pretty. And then she immediately said, okay, then I love my hair. And then on the cliffs, she was scared until Hawk was in danger. And then she declared, like, my life doesn't matter anymore. I have to go save him. And that's why they go off the, the side together because she was like, it doesn't matter. I need to save you. Um, I don't care about my own life. So even earlier in this chapter, she thinks I'm going to get back for Hawk instead of for herself. Um, but now with the blue dragon, she's just thinking about herself. She's thinking I'm trapped. I need to save myself. And it's this like huge step towards independence. It's very cool to see. So then she tells him my desire to live and your desire to live. No one gets to say that they don't matter, which I thought was funny because I don't think anyone said that. <laughs> She's just like working through her own internal things. <laughs> she knows just there. Just like, okay. Um, and then she tells him, I'm going to break out of this darkness and I swear I'll take you someplace where you can spread your arms out and just be the blue dragon that you're meant to be. And the blue dragon thinks, does a place like this really exist? Where could I go? No, if I'm honest, I already know the answer, don't I? 
Uh, and this is all over Yona heading back to the fray and chipping away at the wall. Eventually, they stop out of breath, and as we said, they don't make it out. <laughs> they're still stuck, and they're like, well, shit, <laughs> what do we do now? Uh, but then wait. They may be exhausted, but their secret weapon comes through for them, and Hawk barges through the door with his freakish strength and uh, his need to be by Yona's side. This is like, I thought this was such a funny moment when, when Hawk breaks through. Um, is it, it I, I always say his name, his name wrong. Is it she, Shija? Gija. 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 Um, he, in the anime, he gets like, he gets hit in the, in the head with a, <laughs> like a random rock. Yeah. It's just like, everyone's like, yay, we're free. And he's just like lying there with this massive, like, you know, cartoon lump, just like completely out cold. I was like, oh, I love this guy. Love this guy. Yeah, he he's knocked the fuck. I think the anime or the manga, he's like knocked out. I think his nose is bleeding, and then Al the squirrel is just like happily laying on him, not a care in a world. <laughs> I didn't notice Al, but I noticed you being like, "Are you okay?" As like Hawk and Yona have this romantic reunion. <laughs> <laughs> it's very good. Also, we like consistency for Hawk and Yona. Uh, just being doing their own thing. Like back when Yoon got kidnapped and he was like, I bet they're really worried about me. And then they're like in the background getting a tour of Gija's village. Like, listen, as long as they're together, it's just like kind of blinders for the rest of the world. Yeah. Yeah. I was also thinking back to our last, I think either last episode or two episodes ago, you, uh, we were talking about how their romance is always undercut by like ridiculousness. <laughs> so instead of them making a joke about it, it's <laughs> like dying in the background <laughs> as they hug. It's nice. I do like that they never get too melodramatically in love. So meanwhile, the blue dragon finishes his earlier thought. He thinks the truth is, I realized it immediately. From the moment I met her, I knew I could have the pla a place in the light by her side. So continuing what I was saying from last week about them being opposites with a fundamental commonality that they want to be around each other, uh, there was this cool parallel going on here where they're meeting in the middle. Going back to her talking about her past, she says she thinks about wanting for nothing. When Suwan betrayed her, she fell from grace and the privilege in her life in the palace. Alternatively, the blue dragon has always lived underground. He's always been shunned and hated by everyone around him. With Theona, he can walk into the light and rise above where the villagers have beaten him down to. So I think it's really cool that they like start from opposite ends. Like she's way high above everybody else and he's under them. And then they're sort of like slowly making their way towards the middle to where they can just be like human beings with each other. Mm -hmm. I think it's really lovely. Yeah, and then the, you've got the, the visual metaphors there, too, because she's from the Sky Tribe, and he's lived in caves all his life. Ooh. Listen, I will use my literary degree whenever possible, <laughs> and it's for dumb shit like I this. I love it. You're welcome. I think they're either from the Earth Tribe or they're in the Earth Tribe right now. I can't remember. One of them, I think they, like, There's moved from the Earth Tribe to fire? the Fire Tribe. Yeah. I think they're in the fire tribe right now, but they were originally from the earth tribe and they had to move because of his like issues <laughs> with killing a bunch of soldiers. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, sky and earth opposed. And then he moved. Oh yeah. I love it. 
Uh, they're so interesting. I never picked up on any of this my first read or my first watch. I was just like, okay, this is fun. <laughs> that makes that makes me feel better about thinking that was fun. Because that's what I was thinking. Oh, this is fun. So, you, kind of, you kind of validated my, this, this was fun, this there. Like, I, did, I did not pick up on that at all. I don't blame you because I think the first arc is all set up. So I think, I mean, like, at least I know that I watched it and I was like, yeah, this is kind of cool. Like, I really want to keep reading because I need to know if Hawk and Yona get together. <laughs> and then everything beyond this is like fantastic. And that's why I wanted to do this podcast. But like, I get it right now. It's just kind of like fun and light. It's not like anything mind blowing. I don't think um, it is well written, but nothing mind blowing yet. Okay, so then Hawk asks Yona what he's going to do, or what she's going to do about the blue dragon, and she says, I can't give up on him. And the other three smile, because of course she can't. That's her personality. She asks the blue dragon one more time to join them, and this time he says yes. He wonders, is it okay to take her hand? Is it okay to trust her? And then in my notes, I have bro same, but also on God, we're going to get you therapy. <laughs> <laughs> this boy needs to talk about so many issues. Uh... <sighs> definitely got like sad vibe uh, sad boy energy yeah definitely felt that oh my god the last episode was just us internally crying about his entire backstory okay so before i think before we started recording you mentioned you have thoughts on boys in this I don't know when you wanted to bring this up, but did you want to bring up like boys? Because I don't, I personally don't see Sheena as like a sexual being because he has too much trauma. And I'm not saying you can't have yeah. like sex if you have trauma, but just like, I feel like he needs to, you know, talk to human beings first before he takes the next step. I would say like in terms of like his energy, you know, uh, later on the episode or I guess in the next chapter when he kind of becomes like a rice ball. Mm-hmm because his clothes are wet. Um, I feel like that's like how I view him all times. He's kind of like, like a teddy bear almost, right? But in saying that, in terms of like, like the visuals, like how his, his character design, um, his like, his, I guess his dragon feature, which is his eyes, he's a, he's a pretty good looking character. Like he is, the, the first reveal, the, in chapter 24, the, like the first reveal of him without his like mask on, like I would say mm, pretty striking. You know, I would say, like, in terms of, like, purely visuals, he's up there with Suwon. I would say as the most, like, visually striking characters I've seen in the series so far. He is pretty. I, I, that was actually one of my first notes for this chapter. Because for some reason, it didn't register. I mean, I knew his mask was off last chapter, but I, I guess I just missed the panel uh, of his face other than his eyes. But first note for this chapter was BD is very pretty. <laughs> yeah he's a beautiful boy i will not deny he's that he's a beautiful boy uh and if he because uh, i think there's some mention that all all of the blue dragons end up the same features because i think either in the in this chapter, or I think in the side panels, there's that mention that owls blue marking. They they always have that blue marking on their cheeks as well that fades when a new blue dragon comes along. So I'm assuming he'll kind of grow into human owl looks wise. Who uh, from our last episode <laughs> we spent a lot of time uh, thirsting <laughs> after. 
Because that that was a nice rugged man <laughs> with the nice dragon eyes and so forth. Yeah. Yeah. So right now he's a born sexy yesterday fetus who can't really be seen sexually. But he has the potential to Pokemon evolve into that, yeah. right? <laughs> he does. He does. I will say I think he is the like most attractive of the dragons. He's a beautiful boy. I do have to say Hawk steals my heart, but also he's also a boy. And I feel weird, you know, feeling that way about him. So I feel like in the context of if I'm putting myself in Yona's shoes, like, of course, Hawk would be the front runner. My pick for cutest boy is still Gente, <laughs> who is the Earth Tribe chief and in his 30s and absolutely okay for me to thirst after. <laughs> as an adult but i mean i feel like he's sort of like hawk but as an adult we'll we'll see that later but um yeah gintay gets my pick as like cutest boy didn't expect that. that okay if you could rank all the, if, all the... if you could rank all, oh go ahead but also i want you to rank all of your people from attractiveness we know yeah. suwan's up top yeah suwan's probably number one i thought the water tribe guy who looks like suwan but with a hat um the water tribe. I'm sorry. Oh I keep on like God, mixing really? up the vernacular. Well, because he looks like Suwon, <laughs> at least in the anime. I I, I didn't read the manga the manga chapters for the the five general meeting. No, it's the same. Then yeah, blue dragon. I actually think um, I'm gonna say his name wrong again. Gija. 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 That's it. <laughs> He's kind of unusual because I find like um, every other frame or every other panel is like, oh, that's a really like um, flattering like uh, drawing of him and then you see another one you're like oh that hair is terrible okay yes that is what kills it his hair is the word he's got a rat tail and then like a weird severe bob up front and it's killing his vibe because as a white-haired blue-eyed anime boy he should be top spot you would yeah. think that's it like he, he's got all the like theoretically he's perfect in terms of like <laughs> what what like should work in anime uh because like for there's a the image when he's like um sort of scolding um the blue dragon for like not like communicating that's a very flattering image of him he looks great looks great um everyone kind of looks great actually <laughs> like um but Gisha's above hawk for you still <sighs> see here's the thing right i think um there's there's an anime called um, Barakamon, and the lead character in Barakamon is this like dude um, looks almost identical to uh, Hawk for me. So it's kind of like I don't know if it's like, he's like less novel. Alex is a character in terms of like I'm making notes. But, uh, How do you? Yeah, Barak. <laughs> uh, B A. Uh, um, can I drop links in the chat? Is that yes, a thing that works? Please do. Uh, okay. Because um, yeah, because he he just like he looks kind of like Honda. From, like which also Barakamon is like I would could not recommend that anime highly enough. Um, oh okay. It's like oh very very great. Uh, he's also an adult, which helps. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> canonically, is an adult. So yeah, I would say like Hawk is like it's all there, right? Like he's kind of he's like the one that you want. He's the one that you would want her to end up with. Like biases aside, like that's the person she should be with, probably. In terms of like, they have a pretty good repartee. They're both good for each other. In terms of like, 
she he he definitely like is pulling like the best out of her, and I think she's also giving him something as well, which is pretty great. But I just don't love his character design in saying that, and I know it's kind of shallow, but it, uh, he's not as good looking as Suan. <laughs> Suan is like really attractive. Listen, I know he murdered your dad, but you would have really pretty <laughs> babies. Because the thing is, like Yona just could not like in the first opening in the first um, opening episodes, it felt like every like moment she was like flashing back to Suan, and like. You can't blame her. He's like, he's a really attractive man. Like, yeah, he killed your dad. Yeah, he's like <laughs> the main villain in the series. But like, he's re- he really wears that crown well. In the OP, <laughs> when it kind of cuts to him, he's like wearing the crown and his eyes are just like super blue. Like his eyes are like what uh, Gija's eyes should be like. You know what I mean? Yes. That if, and it's just like, wow, that's like a really like cool shot. Uh, yeah, he uh, and obviously my boy, um, Fire Son number two, um, Tejun. Pro- all the all the problems. Uh, like he's kind of like his own. My only issue with him is is the bangs. They're like a little bit thin at the front. Does he it's kind of like yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's it feels like like you know I don't know. It's like a it's a bit of a flaw. I can't really overlook it because everyone. There's a lot of characters that are so kind of like perfect visually. <laughs> You know, it's just like what kind of speed you like. But yeah, I, I would say the Blue Dragon is very, very striking. And uh, he's probably number two. But in the same token, he's kind of like Suwon, the fact that he's he's almost like, it's like, it's kind of like angelic almost. Where you're like, oh yeah, that's like not, like he's very attractive, but he's not sexy, I guess you'd say. Does that make sense? There's no like magnetism to him. The same way that Hawk clearly has like a bit of like, he is attractive character because he's got like a personality. He's like, you could totally see him being a, like a lady killer or, um, you know, he's kind of like, he, he kind of like a uh, bit of a player. Like you could see that, right? He's got like a, he has a sexuality to him where a lot of the other characters don't. They're kind of like pure. Yeah. He's got that deep V cut in his robe that like shows you a bit of pectoral. Yeah. And he knows it. He knows it. He knows you're looking <laughs> there, you know? Where the other characters, it's just like, yeah. yeah I, I think, I think like, I don't, I said, I just, his character design is just a bit, like, I've seen it before. Not that that's a bad thing, because it, like, it works for him. He's a great character, but the, some of the other ones are very novel. I was like, wow, that's a really, like, cool character. Like, Snake, like, those eyes, the blue, the blue um, dragon's eyes are really, really good. He's also got a good chin, which is a random thing I noticed. No, no <laughs> love like, a strong chin. <laughs> yeah. Because like a lot of them have the kind of like quite pointy chins, like uh, which is like the fruit basket chin. But um, <laughs> when that get yeah, that first image of uh, the blue dragon when he like in the first panel, he's like Jesus. He's like <laughs> he's chiseled. Anyway, I don't know why. I love I love the term fruit basket chin. <laughs> it, it's, it's just that Gia kind of look Gia kind of looks like one of the characters in uh, Fruit Basket. So I just keep on seeing, like, not so much in the anime, but in the manga. He he reminds me a lot of Yuki, which is, like, one of the main characters in Fruits Basket. Like, personality-wise, not so much, but physically, they look kind of similar. They also both have weird silver hair. Yeah, I'm just compiling, like, lists of traits. So we've got, like, Fruit Basket, Chin. Um, oh, anime mom hair is one that I hear often. And didn't you say, Alex, that somebody said Suwon had anime mom hair? Yeah. <laughs> 
should see which it. Is sort of like a low ponytail, kind of like gathered to the side, um, a little loose, like around the face. It's funny. Somebody compiled like five different anime moms and they were like, Suan has anime mom hair. My mom, my <laughs> sister mentioned it. My sister is really big into anime. Honestly, we should probably have her on the podcast, even though she's 16 years Ooh. old. Uh, but she, uh, we were watching Castlevania and she, uh, Dracula's wife comes in and then she was like, oh, she's going to die. She has anime mom hair. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was trying to keep from you when I sent you that post because that was the exact <laughs> argument. They were like, Suwan's going to die because he has anime <laughs> mom hair. Well, yeah, a pair, I, that, I have that been spoiled. I've been spoiled for that particular trait because, yeah, my sister was like, this woman's going to die. And spoilers for Castlevania, but sure enough, she dies in the first episode. <laughs> <laughs> But she was dead to begin with, right? She's a vampire, so. No, she was. No spoiler. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, I do believe we. I don't know if she necessarily. And you can cut this, Alex, if if people are super into Castlevania. But um, I do think they'll explore her later. And I think she possibly is resurrected. I don't know. But yeah, she's not a one and done character, at the very least. But she was human. Okay. I just want to know. That also, there have also been like people arguing that Hawk is gonna die too, and I don't believe that one either. No, so. no, no way. way, no way, no he way. can't no die, way. he can't die, dude. The dude, the dude is literally like he survived falling off a cliff, poison arrows, exactly. But that's why other people are saying twisted his because he got bit by a snake at one point as well, right? Like just... <laughs> but he's immune to poison, remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's there's no way he's dying, realistically, no, no one's no one's dying. But that's why I want to say that's why people are arguing that he might die is that like he's evaded death for so long that eventually it's just going to catch up with him. I don't know. I don't subscribe okay. to it. I don't like that. And I don't think this is necessarily, what go, but there's something I really, really hate about when there's a character that like the main person is desperate to protect. And that's like the driving narrative is protecting this person only for that person to die at the end is the worst freaking thing ever. Um, like, uh, I don't feel like this needs a spoiler warning because um, Hunger Games has been out for a million years. But, like, the plot is kicked off with her wanting to protect her sister. Third book, guess what? Little sister freaking dies. Like, that is just so narratively awful to do. And I've seen yeah. it with another fantasy series recently that I read. Uh, but... I, I share, just, share, 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 um, share, share. The um, it's called the Ember Quartet. So Ember and the Ashes is the first one, but in the first one, her brother I think is like kidnapped, and I think she spends. I don't even know if she gets him back in the first book. I don't think she gets him back till the second book, but he dies in the fourth one, towards the very end, and it's just so awful, especially when her mom, who died in the third book, who she had thought was dead anyway just is randomly a deus ex machina and comes back and saves the day and turns out not to be dead, even though she totally should have been dead. They didn't even explain how she survived comes back. And then they make her the, like the, the person that uh, sends soul over to the other world. And it's like, why couldn't you make that her brother? So at least he wouldn't yeah. be dead. Dead. It just narratively, it makes no sense. It bothers me. <laughs> I think, yeah. Are you guys familiar with the movie spirit away? Yes. No, it's been me. forever since I've seen it, though. 
I, so like I actually think that Spirit Away would be like how Miyazaki made Spirit Away is how I would write Yona um, if I if I was writing the the storyline. I think in that sort of scenario, you cannot uh, hack cannot die because yeah, well, because the whole thing is her getting her parents back, right? Uh, yeah. So in the beginning, like um, much like uh, Yona, or I imagine Yona is going to happen. What's going to happen with Yona is that Chihiro, like the main character, she's very like. Well, it's kind of like she's, it's like a portal fantasy. So she's like in this new world and uh, a lot of stuff happens to her and uh, it's up to Haku to like protect her. And he kind of, um, he's always sort of like there guiding her, saving her white knighting, I guess. But at a certain point in the movie, there's like a, there's like a, there's like a change. Right. Uh, So she goes, she kind of goes from like here to like, like that's her trajectory where, uh, sorry, I'm like, I'm visual uh, audio uh she she has like this upward trajectory right where she becomes more and more independent as the movie progresses and what ends up happening is like their their arcs kind of converge in the middle points where um after certain points she actually like uh looks out for him and takes care of him and like at the end of the day saves him and like i could see like for yona like having a similar sort of thing where eventually it's going to get to the point where hawk you know, Can't like plot armor aside or whatever. Like he he's going to need her to maybe like sway the balance of something. Or maybe Hawk is going to be like, there was a bit of that in episode six, I guess, where he nearly died. And she had that moment where like she unlocked the fire in her eyes or whatever. Um, but I think like all of that beginning stuff where Hawk was just like, so like, like the bedrock for her and like kept her going, even though she seemed to have given up the will to live. I think at a certain point towards the end of it, that's kind of has to be paid off or paid back where mm-hmm. she will, she will be his, like, like his anchor or his boy to keep, not his anchor, but like, you know, he will be like, she will be his rock that keeps him from, you know, um, passing or giving up or, you know, like dying potentially. So for him to die, would just seem like well, one that would almost like take away that big moment for, for uh, Yona to be like the hero. Because at yeah. the end of the day, she has to be the hero, right? It's like her yeah. story. It'd be a betrayal of the narrative. Yeah. Um, and that's like one of the reasons I love that, uh, that Spirit Away is like the fact that Chihiro goes on that journey, you know, and and that's sort of mirrored coming like, and they have that moment of meeting where they're both mm-hmm. like kind of like mutually independent, but they both like give each other something. They both like, ma- they both help each other. And like, it's not just like this one side of thing where like, I don't need Hawk to be, the protector all the time having that role reversal will be really gratifying so he died that would be a failure on her part almost you know what i mean like uh, like in terms of like how i would write if i was writing her uh so yeah he's not gonna die she needs to no. like save him uh, sorry <laughs> sorry i didn't mean to talk over you i just got really excited no, it's okay. i agree with everything that you've said i one of my biggest things is like how do couples work together and make each other better and if that fails like if if you fail to convince me that they're good for each other or that they're even like they have fun together like <laughs> then i'm just not interested in them and so yeah honestly i've never seen spirited away because that's the one where the guy has kind of like a helmet haircut right Yes, yes. Okay. I've avoided it specifically because of that. <laughs> but I will watch he's it this weekend. He's also, he's also a dragon. He's a dragon. So come on, like, parallels. Okay. It's also like, it's also like, it's the, oh, I would say Spirit, there's only like two things that I've seen, like two anime that I've seen that would give like a 10 out of 10. And Spirit Away is one. What's oh. the other one? 
Uh, the other one is a Jose. I don't know if you guys are. This might be a bit too buzzwordy. Uh, no, it's this is a long title. I'm sorry. Show again, Roku, Rakugu Shinju. It's a so Jose is like the 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 grown up version of shoujo, right? Yeah. Um, which is like low key the best genre, like it's the best genre. And Shogun Roku is like this uh, story about these two young boys. They start off as young boys and they grow up to be adults and eventually old men and die. It's sort of like set over two seasons over about 100 years. And they're both uh, Rakugu performers, which is essentially like this form of like Japanese stand-up comedy that dates back from the Edo period. And they just like, they sit on like their knees and they'll tell a story using a fan and they'll act out all the different parts. Now, it's not always comedic. It can be very dark, um, but there is like comic stories. So like in terms of like a one for one cultural kind of thing, it's kind of like a like stand up comedy slash like a storytelling thing, but it's like, it's purely like, um, you know, you don't, you're not reading anything. It's just performs. And um, it's just, it's incredible. It's like the best thing ever. It's now it is very like, it's not high on the old anime tropes in terms of like, there's almost, it's very like serious in terms of like, there's not those like levity moments really, but in terms of like a performance, it's just like the best thing I've ever seen. Um, it's also like it's only available in sub, so if you're a dub person, I'm sorry because it just it would be way too much for like a an English speaker to be able to like master that art form mm. and then perform it. Uh, and also, also a lot of it's like there's a lot of like um, tongue twisters in Japanese that wouldn't really work in um, in English. But oh man, it's so good. That's like the best thing. Um, I remember like watching that and being like intimidated to talk about it because we uh, we had to review it on the show for like a, a, a iTunes review. Someone recommend like we had this thing where like oh if you give us a five star review we'll do something for you, and it was review a show and they recommended doing season two and we had seen season one and by the end of season two I was like well one I was like kind of crying because oh my god <laughs> it's like so moving, but two it's like I'm actually intimidated right now like how am I supposed to like how are you supposed to get across the fact that you've just been like so fucking blown away by something and so moved by something and like do it justice you know what i mean like i'm sure alex probably has this like uh kind of quandary with um yona where you're like shit i love this thing and i want to get that across to people but i feel like words can almost not do it and the thing about shogun roku is it's the thing about words and speaking and expressing yourself it's fucking awesome <laughs> yeah watch shogun roku Rocky shinju if anyone's out there i'm gonna drop a link as well uh, also um speaking speaking of handsome boys <laughs> there's um there's um some good looking characters in that also it's got a very very Love kind it. of like it's complicated relationship in that show like okay. possibly all time possibly all time to the point where people at the end were like what the actual fuck <laughs> okay. you know it's like it's pretty big because you know like like like, like, like a child was born out of it let's put it that way right and you're like wait a minute what like it's pretty shocking um right. but yeah shogun roku it's i would say it's not for everyone because it might be a bit slow if you want like you know like high octane action sequences but yeah that's 10 out of 10 that's the best anime ever um that i've seen and spirit away is probably like 1b <laughs> so yeah spirit away <laughs> yeah I, I posted the link in the in the um description but even if you like we weren't, weren't gonna watch it i would say like go to youtube and watch shinigami performance that performance you get a sense of like how like how the art form works. It's kind of sad as well because like it's a thing that's dying out, you know. Because you know, like art form, like the world moves and changes, and this is a very like traditional thing. And 
sort of like uh, like the tra- all, like there's a lot of tragedy in the show, but one of the tragedies is the fact that because it's set over such a long period of time, uh, you can see like the impact that uh, like kind of like pro- progress has on like and technology technological advances has on this kind of like art form. It, like uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Gabriel Garcia Marquez, 100 Years of Solitude. That's like my calm for it, like a, like kind of like an epic kind of uh, magical realist fan, uh, magical realist kind of like epic. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, Gar- 100 Years of Solitude. That's like my calm for it. Very, very sad. Very awesome. Um, <laughs> takes a while, though. It's a bit of a grower, you know, it's not going to be like, oh, yeah, episode one. That was a barrel of laughs. Yeah. <laughs> but, <it's, laughs> but no, by episode six okay. or seven, you're going to be like, shit, I'm, I'm, I'm there. I'm emotionally yeah. invested. Yeah, no worries. That most of the most of the anime that I've liked. Well, again, I've only watched like five, but mo- <laughs> the ones that I tend to like have to grow on me. Demon Slayer took, I think, seven episodes for me to like. Um, what was the other one? Oh, Cowboy Bebop took a few episodes for us to. Like, Out of curiosity, uh, you said Demon Slayer. Did you like Zenitsu, the um, Lightning Boy? uh is he the one that everybody loves is he the is he the orange-haired one? Oh wait no or yeah the, he's the yellow well like he got hit by he's the yellow dude the yellow hair like but he orange. wears like an orange like a yeah wait I'm sorry is he the is he one of the the pillars or is he the one that screams all the time? He's the one that screams all the time I fucking hate him Alex has hurt Alex hasn't watched. <laughs> demon slayer or, or only a few episodes but like she has heard how much i hate him <laughs> see he is he is he is so polarizing uh i i actually love him personally um Ugh. he's like he, he's kind of like but i know like the amount of people are like i I, cu- I couldn't watch it he's just too much he's like he's extra right that's like it's what is he, he's just I, too much i've t- yeah, I've t- has sent alex many texts of like it is hard to watch scenes that he's in and it's like every now and then he'll have a good character moment. I don't know. We're we're getting way off topic. If you if you have if you ever need to have an an extra discussion on Demon Slayer, hit me up because I've got lots of opinions. But it's <laughs> Zenitsu, like I I have a, a a fellow anime podcasting friendo. Um, he did a video on his YouTube channel, like talking about how much he hated Zenitsu. Holy shit! The fucking <laughs> backlash. <laughs> he was like showing me like like to dislike ratios and his things. Like, yeah, it's got a thousand dislikes. <laughs> Must be doing something right. Like, I, I don't, I don't, I don't get it because I, I personally like him, but everybody, everybody has an opinion on him. You either hate him or you love him. There, there are bits of his arc that I can appreciate and say, you know, this is a good character beat right here, but as far as the actual way he's portrayed personality wise, I'm like, just like, stop, stop. And why is he the one who's, uh, never mind. <sighs> Spoilers. For anyway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. That's okay. I, I, th- I think, I think, I, kn- I think I knew what you're going to say. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I like him though. So, you know, yeah. he deserves everything he gets uh. or everyone he ends up with. No, that's my girl, and she can do so much better. Uh, yeah, I assume though at some point he's going to be like, because he has his moments. He has those moments. He does. And you're like, oh, you know, Gen- Okay, he's asleep for most of them, but you know, 
<laughs> just have his moments. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I think we're not oh, even halfway okay. through this episode, so. Yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, it's cool. We can always go on tangents. Oh, my God. The amount of time I spent talking about Snow White with the red hair and Fruits Basket on this podcast, please. <laughs> Take it away with <laughs> these players. They're, they're for both of them. They're for both of them as well. Yeah. Like the, it's it's hard not to see Shiryuki in uh, Yona with like the red hair, and the fact that she cuts it. Yeah, Alex has made the comparisons quite a bit, particularly and because there are so many comparisons. Although I'm really mean, but I do have to say I don't think I've admitted this on the podcast, but I have changed my mind. I used to say, okay, well, I still think it's true. Um, I think that Snow White with the red hair is Yona, but worse. But it has gotten a lot better, and this recent arc is quite compelling. But I think that's just because it's, like, really shippy, and I like the ship that they're going for right now. So I think it got better, but also, yeah, I I don't know. I, I But there are so many, like, incredible one-to-one comparisons. Like, they're so similar. But, like, Yona, I think, just handles it better. And I, I that's not to say that... Snow White with the red hair is bad. It's just, I, I see what happened there. And apparently the history is that it was going to be a one shot and just like a one chapter. And then she decided to expand it a little bit. And then after about six chapters, apparently she decided, okay, I can either stop it here and have it like a self-contained story, or I can introduce this new character and I'll expand the universe and keep going with it. And so she decided to introduce the new character and decided to go with it. So I understand why the first arc for second arc are a little, you know, shaky because she was figuring out how she wanted to do it and like how to continue the story. Whereas I think Yona was planned from the beginning to be like a long form situation. So I am mean about Snow White with the red hair, but there are very obvious parallels. And I think if you like Yona, you'll probably also like Snow White with the red hair. Yeah. Also, it's got Izana, who is like a very, very great looking character. Speaking of great looking characters. Yeah. He the older he brother. actually the one that was introduced. Yes. Was the yes. One that she was is. like, I'll introduce him and that'll be the like catalyst to make it a long form thing. Yeah. He is. He is like, I would say like, I was thinking about this recently. I would say Mitsuhide and Kiki, which is like the Zen's, like the, the prince's like hench people, I guess you could say. Like, I love those two characters, but like Izana is like, yeah, man, he's awesome. Great yeah. character. You know, um, I, I, yeah, I think I personally would prefer Yona from what I've experienced so far. Like, I think the story is a bit more appealing, but I would say that um, Snow with the Red Hair is not without its charm. Also, I guess the Ancient Mage's Pride is the only other one I could think of. I don't know if you guys have seen that one. Also, red haired girl who cuts her hair. Uh, but that story is, oh, that story's got so, I got so many problems with that story. <laughs> so many problems. Uh, to the point where it's like, we were supposed to, co- we were supposed, we were supposed to cover it and we basically decided not to. Because you could say nothing but negative. <laughs> well, basically, because like if you think of like I was talking earlier on about like the fact that Yona, like at certain point, like we'd like to like I would like to see her sort of like take on the role of like almost like you know what like what Hawk is doing. Hawk like she has her own is. sort of like agency, right? In um in Ancient Mage's Pride, there is so much like damsel in distressing going on that it's know. just like it's kind of it just bugs me. Now I'll say this: like the music is incredible, the um, character design, the animation is it's, it's incredible. Like it's it's from Studio Wit, who did like Attack on Titan, and um, they're like generally knocking it out of the park in terms of like all the trimmings. 
But Jesus Christ, I have a hard time with the fact that this girl constantly just needs to be rescued. Mm-hmm. Okay, see, I didn't have a problem with that because she had such severe trauma that I yeah. bought the entire first season was her just like learning how to not be terrified that she'd be kicked out. <laughs> yeah. So my, my only issue was like, it was sort of like almost like a ritual where Elias would say to her, now, don't you play with the fire because uh-huh. it's hot. And then, of course, she would play with the fire, get in trouble, and he would have to swoop in. And he he, he was almost like, again, like deus ex machina, where it's like, well, whatever the situation is, he will come in, he will, sw- he will swoop in, and he will, like, save her. Like, I don't mind, like, her, like, the trauma was definitely there. I don't mind her, like, you know, growing and having growing pains. But it was just the fact that it was, like, it almost felt like a formula, where it's like, he was going to tell her not to do something. And by God, she was going to do it. Uh, in saying that, though, the villain, Cartophilius, I thought was a really cool villain in terms yeah. of, like, his story. Like, that was great. Like, that was cool stuff. But just that relationship, I thought, was kind of, like, I don't know. Oh. Like, what was she? what was she giving him? Yeah, yeah. I also had a problem with their relationship because it was so imbalanced. She wasn't giving anything to him, and he was constantly, like, filling this weird father role for her. Yeah. Oh, so my God, yeah. It also, I think she's, like, 14. <laughs> yes! He's, like, 200. Yeah, and he's been around for so many years, like, hundreds of years, where he just, like, can't even remember anymore. He's been around for forever. Yeah. And she's the first one here. He's like, I feel like I want to understand human beings, so you're going to be my guinea pig. And this poor girl who's been through, like, <laughs> severe emotional trauma, and, like, <laughs> she's afraid that he's going to, like, kick her out of the house is like, okay, well, how do I make him happy? Yeah. How do I please him? It's yeah. a concerning start for a relationship. Now I will say that um, the f- the fact that he is like not human looking at all help kind of makes it less creepy, I would say. Because like you're thinking, oh my God, 200 year old man and 14 year old <laughs> girl or whatever. But it's actually like 200 year old goat skull monster. <laughs> Yeah. So it's so he's so abstract in terms of like I I guess his like his pronoun would be he, but he's like it's a thing, you know yeah. what I mean? Like that it's like a little goat monster, right? So it kind of like yeah, and I, I like and the, like there was the flashbacks where he's literally like a shadow that's like crawling on the ground at one point. I don't know. It's like uh, I don't know. I, just, I got it kind of got me riled up more so than I was just waiting for her to do something. Like, to have that moment where she took care of the situation by herself. Like, cause she's, like, like the chosen one almost, right? She's, like, Harry Potter. She's got all that raw potential. And it was always a situation where, okay, she's in the Harry situation. And we've had Elias sort of, like, take care of this over and over again. But now, now it's going to be her chance to do something. And it just never really happened. Yeah. Uh, now, maybe if there's a season two. There is a season two, actually. It has just, it just started. I watched oh the first two minutes of like the first episode. I don't have a Crunchyroll subscription, so I can't see past the first episode. So I'm waiting to get a little bit more so I can binge it because I'm a terrible person and I like to do that. Um, but yeah, I binged the first season in like two days because it is really lovely. Like it's a, it's a lovely show and it's very gentle and like super creepy in the best ways. I really like horror. So I liked where it went with that, but I agree with you. The romance kind of fell apart for me. Are you familiar with the um, methods network Mm-mm. for watching uh, for watching anime? 
That's what we, that's, <laughs> you know, yeah. you do a lot of these shows and you're like, oh, it's on this service, it's on this service, and this service. Turns out the methods network yeah. is the, uh, the one that has everything. And that's, uh, if you ever need a link for a certain <laughs> show, <laughs> I'm sure okay. it's on the methods network and we can find it for you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Not that, you know. It's totally legal streaming service, the Methods Network. It's not available anywhere. We uh, we read, you know, scans of things because, well, okay, so I do want to say that uh, it's not possible to back order old versions of Yona because they are out of print currently. So it's not our fault that we can't purchase these legally. But Yeah, so uh, the, the, that would be the Methods Library. Yes, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> We would do this if we could, but I don't have a... <laughs> I, I promise, <laughs> I promise. So, <laughs> guess I'll go there. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, but yes, I think of the three short-haired, red-haired protagonists, Yona's definitely the best and the best, like, crafted storyline, in my opinion. Which is why we're doing this podcast. <laughs> I'm forcing Evangelina along this with me. I love the ride. Okay, so I guess we should get back into it because we're very close to getting to chapter 25, which means we can like cut this episode in half because it's getting very long, but I love it. Um, okay, so all, all that we've missed so far is that Yona thanks for ev- the villagers for everything and they leave. The blue dragon turns to follow her and his bells fall off in an obvious metaphor for finally moving on from Owl, which is so incredibly sad. Mm-hmm. He hung on to this memory of this only person who showed him kindness for 14 years after his death but it's okay because now he's made friends the last lines are him thinking i loved him so much but i can't remember his face anymore Ugh, so sad when will my boy stop being a sad boy because my heart can't (laughs) i guess we'll find out and then we move on to chapter 25 which is so much more fun than chapter 24. <laughs> it's like pure comedy. Chapter 25 is called uh, A Name is Given. We are out of the caves now, finally, Evangelina. Are you pleased? I am pleased. Um, yeah, being in caves is like one of my, or specifically being stuck in caves is like one of my primal fears. And so just from that standpoint, I have really wanted to hasten them getting out of the caves. There's just some sort of part of my hind brain that's like, don't like them being here. Don't like them being here. So the fact that they're back in the fresh air, amazing. That's interesting. I've never had a pro- I mean, like, I, I have the sort of fear of caves of, like, what if a bug drops on me? But I'm not claustrophobic. And I think that's because my dad really liked caves. So whenever we went on vacation as a kid and there was a cave around, my dad would be like, let's go on a tour. <laughs> so I grew up going on tour caves, <laughs> cave tours. Well, the, that one, though, the drive-through cave that we did that one time in Missouri was fine. Um, that one was yeah. really spacious, though. There are, in St. Louis, there is a museum called the City Museum. That's like a wild art project and there's a lot of stuff to crawl around and there is like a fake cave section. And then there was one part where you like kind of slide down the hole and then just kind of have to nudge your way forward until you get into the next room. And I like legit almost had a panic attack. And afterwards I was like, no more caves. <laughs> I like could not do it. Uh, 
but yeah, I don't know. That would what be my is. that would be my fear. My my fear is not like I I've I've had this this thing where I I wouldn't say I'm afraid of caves or like tight spaces. My fear is actually getting to there and having like a moment where I like have a panic attack. Like, I've yeah. been I've been a case every so often you see those people doing like you know those like tunnels or whatever. I just had this image. It's like, what happens if I was there? And I just had a freak out moment. Exactly. And it's like, I'm telling myself, I'm like, you literally are like going, if you wriggle upwards, you just got to go up two feet or you can just continue nudging your feet and you're fine. But there's just this moment of your brain going, okay, but what if you didn't know that there was a way out and you yeah. were just stuck here? And I don't like that. Yeah, so I don't like caves, which makes my video gaming with Skyrim really hard because you constantly have to go in a fucking cave. I was thinking of Final Fantasy VII. It's like, I always like, I hate those parts where you're stuck in caves. I hate them. Or even like oh. Pokemon. You're like, oh, it's Mountain Moon again. God damn it, you know. Um, yeah. Not the- yeah, I was bitching to Alex last night because I was in the middle of a cave adventure and I was like, I cannot wait to be done with this quest. <laughs> everything about this sucks it's dark i can't see anything it's fucking cave which is underground i know cavens aren't happening in skyrim but the hindbrain they could but they're not so yes thankfully our heroes are out of the caves and don't have to worry these about these things they are out of the caves the one thing they do have to worry about is that Giza just like falls flat on his face. <laughs> he has been wiped out by his work of trying to get out of the caves. And uh, this comes right in the middle of him telling them where the next dragon is. So we get a little interlude to be like, well, while he's healing up, maybe we should, maybe we should wait a little bit. And so <laughs> everybody's wondering what's wrong with him. Except, Except for, Hawk. for Hawk, who starts burying Gisha. Yeah. Oh man, he was he was dunking on him like. Yeah, just rest in peace. Oh, <laughs> One of my favorite jokes. I still love. I mean, she's already used it before in the Wind Tribe, but I do every time she uses that. I'm not dead. Stop trying to bury me. Joke gets me every time. It's so funny. Yeah, it's so <laughs> that meme quit telling everybody i'm dead sometimes i still hear their voice like she's done that twice now and it's <laughs> hilarious every time every time it's good um also very funny is when they realize in tandem <laughs> that the blue dragon can tell them where the green well oh shit <laughs> where the other dragon is no um, i think they said green dragon oh they do okay good okay they do say it at the end of the episode, but I'm if you've gotten to this point, you will know. <laughs> so yeah. bad. But yes, they they realize in tandem that they can tell them where the next dragon is, and they all turn to the blue dragon, and they're just like, oh, and then it cuts to the blue dragon who's just staring impassively back at them. It's very funny. So they ask him where he, where the next dragon is. He doesn't get it. And Gisha goes into white savior mode and is like, oh, you poor creature. Let me tell you about our history. I'm your big brother now. And then the blue dragon takes off without a word and throws himself into a nearby river. <laughs> okay. Again, though, my boy Gisha, not knowing how to act. I love that he's just way too intense about everything. I say this every week since we've had him. But last week, him just being like, oh, I just dropped my entire life to follow Yona. And Yoon having to be like, dude, that's not normal. And now <laughs> this guy that he's just met and be like, we're brothers now. <laughs> it's got to take a few steps back. 
I mean, he doesn't because for my entertainment, I think it's lovely. But oh uh, yeah, he was my highlight of the episode. Yeah, I love that he's just not understanding that though, and it's just continuing to operate up to eleven. Love that for him. And in normal fashion of you repping Geisha, I will say that Hawk was my favorite because I love how he goes, wow, he must have really hated you. What's your next move, White Snake? He just drowned himself. Yeah. <laughs> it's such yeah. a funny thing to tell him to be like, you just killed a man. What are you going to do? And he's just like flipping his shit. He's like, oh my God, did I really do that? <laughs> yes. I love that in the anime too. Him just being like, oh my God, I drove him to suicide and like losing his mind. And Hawk does nothing to help. He's just like, yeah, you did. <laughs> He's such an asshole. He's the best. Uh, if it wasn't clear by now, Hawk is my favorite character. <laughs> mm. So the blue dragon pops back up. He he did not drown himself. He actually jumped in to go get a fish. And uh, Keisha's like, oh, you want me to eat this to get better? That's so kind of you. Because he's a feral boy and doesn't know how to use his words. So then Yona asks the blue dragon if he'd like her cloak. And she and he says, thank you, Yona. And the other three are horrified. But he, but she says, I haven't heard my name in ages. I really missed it. And she asks if she can call him by name too. Which is when they remember like, oh yeah, shit, he doesn't have a name. Uh, and that's when, as you mentioned earlier, uh, he he rolls over on his face and doesn't answer. And basically becomes this like little rice ball. <laughs> Is this where one of them asks what kind of goblin are we traveling with? Yes. I think it's uh, I think it's um I think it's Hawk, right? Yeah. <laughs> the best yeah. line. I truly love how everybody's fucking weird in this, right? But like <laughs> Sheena's the weirdest. <laughs> and so he yeah. joins them and everybody's like Okay, we have to figure out how to deal with this kid, but how the fuck do we deal with this kid? <laughs> yes, everyone's weird except for Yoon. And I think Kusanagi even mentioned that in her sidebar this week about how, like, he he's is, a straight he, guy. Yeah. He's the straight man, yeah, amidst all these comedic characters. Yeah. Oh, I wanted to bring this up in uh, Hot Boy Corner, but you mentioned that like <laughs> Suwan's a really attractive one and Hawk just doesn't do it for you. It's funny you say that because at some point I know Kuznagi is going to say uh, somebody mentioned in my past work that the main character wasn't attractive enough. So I tried to make Hawk really attractive. I hope you like him. <laughs> she went out of her way to make a hot boy and you're like, nah, it doesn't do it for me. But it does for me. So congratulations, Kusanagi. You hit it out of the park. I love dark hair boys. <laughs> uh, and it's in his face a little bit and he has to like push it. Yeah. Teenage me would have mm-hmm. had a field day with Hawk. Oh, 100%. I could not have handled him as a teenager, but uh, yeah, he is he's a nice boy. So in the next scene, Yona and Yoon discuss giving the blue dragon a name. Then Yoon apologizes for being so harsh to her when they first met, and he asks if she can call her, or if he can call her Yona too. She leaves without answering, and I'm going to be honest, I don't actually remember how this turns out. I'm pretty sure he starts calling her Yona, but I think it's funny that she just doesn't answer, and he's like... Yeah, she's just like, you're adorable, and leaves. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, not really an answer, which I guess is kind of a lead up to the next part, which is when she has her conversation with Hawk about using her name. So uh, he he call, he slips and he calls her Yona too. And then he corrects himself immediately. And he's like, your highness, he just doesn't want to, 
you know, step over boundaries. But he also does kind of like it's clear he wants to get closer to tell uh, closer to her. And she's kind of with this telling him, no, I want things to stay the way they are between us. That's at least what I got out of it. I mean, I know there's there's like a ton of subtext and like a lot of like shit between them. But I feel like part of it is definitely no, this is our relationship. You are this to me and you will call me this because that's how we've always been. Yeah, it's a familiarity thing. Um, Mm -hmm. I did note uh, it was interesting that she was like, you've always called me this. You can't like switch to the other because that's actually my reasoning for my mom with my dad. Um, Literally all of my mom's family members call her Vicky. Her name is Victoria. And every time my dad has tried to call her Vicky, he she has rebuffed him at every turn. Like one time I think he even tried to put it on her birthday cake and she was like, absolutely not. And her thing was just like, you never called me Vicky like when we were dating or anything like that was just never a thing. So like, you cannot call me that now. That's what my family calls me. Yeah. So yeah, so I can get it uh, of her being like, you know, no, that's never been our relationship. Uh, and also I did find it interesting because I had noted earlier when, um, the blue dragon called her Yona, how she said, Oh, I haven't heard my name in a really long time. And I was thinking about when we were discussing this with Gija, how he was just called, uh, white dragon, um, or blue, wait, I'm already getting white dragon, right? Yes. Cause BD. Yeah. Ah, Lord. Um, But thinking about how sad it was that he was so, like, revered that nobody really called him by his name. Uh, And so I had that moment of, like, oh, that's really sad for Yona, too, that, you know, no one really gets to call her her name. But then she's, it's such a, like, huge part of her identity. But then she flips that by wanting Hawk to call her that because it is, the, the title is the last bit of her former identity. So it is still important because she's bringing up that whole thing about like, I am King Eel's daughter and you're the only person that still acknowledges that. So it's not quite as, as sad actually. Like, like my, like I said, my first instinct is to go, Oh God, that sucks. Nobody calls you by your name. You can't just be a normal person. But she's flipping that because she's like, no, that's the thing. I need to remember that I wasn't at some point. Yeah, and I think it's nice that she can she can have both. She can have Hawk as part of her past and, and Sheena and Gisha as part of her future to be like, oh, they see me as a normal human being, but Hawk knows my history, mm-hmm. which I think is nice. And also I like that you pointed out uh, that Sheena's the first one to call her just by her name instead of her title because, again, it's that thing of, like, she's the one who sees through everybody and she's the one who asks what everybody's name is and sees beyond their titles or what they can do for her. And he's the first one to ask her that back because they're uh, actually polar opposites with, like, weird fundamental core things the same. Mm. So, yeah, they have a very interesting relationship. I love them together, just, like, how they interact. I don't know why that felt really loaded. Oh, they have a very interesting relationship. I was like, oh, wait, what? Okay, there's that fan fiction once that I read that I will never be able to find again. No, he was born sexy yesterday. She's not going to take advantage of that. She's too good for He's that. He's a rice ball, for God's sake. Yeah. 
He's a rice ball. You can't fuck a rice ball. He's a rice ball with a carnivorous. I'm sure, I'm sure there's someone out there. I'm sure there's someone out there like challenge accepted. <laughs> Watch me. No, thank you. <laughs> um. So yeah, she she tells Hawk that she wants to keep wants him to keep calling her her highness. Then she says, even if everybody else in the kingdom forgets that she's King Eel's daughter, I want you to always remember me and my father. He kneels in front of her and he tells her that when she was trapped, he begged King Eel not to take her away. He says, I told him that it was all I wanted for you not to go. Trust me, I never forget for an instant that you're King Eel's daughter. And then she starts crying and kneels on the ground with him. (sighs) Which... Kind of makes the cheesiness worth it. I have gone on record saying that I don't like it in the last episode. I don't like that he begs her dad like not to take her. I think it's crossing a melodrama drama line that I don't care for. But I, I will admit that it's probably just like a personal thing. But I don't like it. But this does kind of make it worth it. Um, I do like that she's like, I'm afraid everyone is going to forget one of the most important people in my life. The world moved on so quickly and crowned Suwon so fast. And Hawk is like, you don't even have to ask. I already did this. It's nice. Um, not even from like a shipping standpoint. He's just exactly what she needs emotionally right now. And I think their relationship is really lovely. Just even like where it is right now. Their friendship is just really beautiful. So on the way back to camp, she's in higher spirits and they discuss what they should name the blue dragon. Hawk suggests mask because he's an asshole. <laughs> As we've discussed. And then he suggests night. So between night and stillness from Yoon, she says, even in the dark, he's calm and warm, but he's paler and more silent than the sun. So moon. She not. Oh, I wanted to ask you. Okay, am I pronouncing that right? Because you got Keisha Geisha correct on the first try, and I didn't. So, Evan, <laughs> did you that, hear Sheena as well? That sounds right. Yeah, okay. I know it, it wasn't because my instinct is always to to say them phonetically according to Western standards. So, like, yeah, I did have to like make the note that I was like, it's di- different. There was the sh sound. Yeah, but that that sounds right, Sheena. Yeah. Because I think it's written, like, how I would want to pronounce it is Sina, from how we have seen it written. But I think in the anime they pronounce it Sheena. So it's definitely an S-H. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. She tells him uh, that that's what she wants to name him and that it means light of the moon. And then she asks, do you like it? And Sheena nods. I like that she does check in with him. She's like, okay, I want to name you this, but are you okay with it? Mm-hmm. She's an angel. And then he thinks, she gave me the first name that's truly my own. I'm going to cherish it. And the next morning, Gija rises, looking extremely ruffled, but slightly better, and says, I sense the green dragon. <gasps> high, high expectations for this green dragon. High expectations. Do you now? Well, I was thinking of this, like, because... Um, the the blue dragon and the white dragon are very like well he is like I guess you could say strong silent type or mm-hmm. you know he's got like a very distinct personality the blue dragon and um, the white dragon has quite a distinct personality as well like the green guy is the green dragon is not going to be some vanilla you know tag along he's going to be quite like out there in terms of like how like how he is as a character I just can't really think of like what way he could be. So I think there's like a couple like one, he could be very vain, he could be very arrogant, he could be very like what else could he be? Maybe like a, a macho dude, I guess, possibly. 
Like, there's going to be something very, like, obvious about his personality. I just don't know what it could be. Alex always asks for predictions, and I'm going to go on record now and say that I think he's going to be sort of like a suave, arrogant character. Um, I think I have, there is one character that I think I, I've seen reblogged. I know nothing about, but at, like visually I can see them. And I'm wondering if that's the green dragon. I also kind of wonder if there's going to be, do you reckon he's going to be like forward with Yuna? Like a little bit more. I think like, so. Hey baby. Yeah. You know, like... I feel like one of them has to. Because yeah, like, sure. cause, because white dragon is very much like you are the you're the god essentially you are too high above me i cannot even consider and then blue dragon is just born sexy yesterday and he can't even comprehend a sexual feeling right now and so yeah one of them has to be i feel like hitting on yona that's that's also probably going to really annoy hawk so you can see how that would fit in like the dynamic of a party right because like that because like hawk has like a you know, he has a relationship with uh, with the white dragon that's like pretty much like, okay, we can see how that kind of works. He's going to dunk on him mm-hmm. a lot, you know. Um, yeah. He's going to be weirded out by the blue dragon and kind of like this guy kind of way. <laughs> what an oddball. So having this guy that kind of gets his like sh- his dander up and kind of chagrins him, you know, like, oh, you're kind of like being overly familiar or you're being kind of like, you're kind of, you know, you're doing what I wish I could do in terms of like you're kind of like expressing your feelings to mm. her. like in probably in a very kind of like male bravado kind of way but I can imagine he's going to be quite like that god if this is wrong though we're like writing a thesis on like he's going to be like this going to be like this turns out he's like a like a bookish type I don't know if you ever listened to our first episodes but I was notorious for having predictions that no hit nowhere near what actually happened so if somebody else on this podcast could do that i would make me very happy although not in this instance not in this instance because we both have the same prediction in this case yeah uh i was also i was so i know i know it would be spoilers but if alex could blink like three times for you that's exactly what's gonna happen yeah i'll look away i'll look away (laughs) i will i'll tell you after we end how about that (laughs) i'll make evangelina leave the room initially my prediction was also uh, which power we'd get next i was thinking uh leg guy would be next the guy that can jump really high initially uh, because my thought was body that's impervious to damage seemed so like almost overpowered that i was like that's going to be too convenient to get right now so i figured that would be last but now i'm wondering in terms of this thought i'm like wouldn't it be funny if the really suave guy had the impervious to injury body because that's the whole thing is like a body that can't be harmed like a perfect body i feel like you could tie that into arrogance really well so now i'm gonna go on the record as saying we're going to get a suave flirty green dragon and he has a body that's impervious to harm i i think that i I, i'll go with that as well because i think that would play into the comedy if you had this thing where he's kind of hitting on her the whole time maybe hawk gets a bit physical in a kind of comedic way you know when Mm -hmm. they like they get kind of silly he like hits them and i could just imagine like the guy like laughing it off yeah whatever you know you know i'm gonna continue on being the most annoying character to you yeah possibly so if we were manga writers this is where we would take it (laughs) it makes this is how it should this is how it should have been done yeah that makes sense narratively
That feels very shoujo because there is always that second rival that comes in later that's like, I'm going to make a move on your girl and you can't say shit about it because you (laughs) haven't made your move. And so the guy just like quietly steeps and the girl is like, I don't know because I want this guy to like me, but he's like not making a move. So I guess I should go with the second guy. Um, So it feels like that's what you're writing. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely a staple of the genre we're in. So that makes perfect sense. I think in a black harrow, but green and a dragon. <laughs> okay. Okay. Maybe, I don't know. Find out next week <laughs> when they find the green dragon. We'll find out at some point. Yeah. Don't know if it's next week. We'll see. Find out in the future. We'll find out someday. I feel like it's got to be next week. Yeah. Okay, so final things before we move on from the manga. We finally get some discus comments because they're, that's the like uh, server that they use at the end of the uh, site that we use to read backlog things that are no longer in print. Uh, and occasionally people will leave comments and we finally get some. It's been weeks and weeks of a drought. But um, these comments are just one person said, I love Sheena. And one is she just servant zoned him. <laughs> are reverse or are harems and reverse harems inherently romantic or can it just be any media that has like one guy and a bunch of girls or one girl and a bunch of guys yeah generally they manga i don't know but like with the anime it's generally like they they usually have that one you know well it actually depends you could have that one where it's like, well, that's definitely like the Hawk character. Yeah. And everyone else is sort of the, like just orbiting them. You know yeah. I mean? It's like they orbit their, you know, and they'll have like their moments of like character developments, but you know, they're never really like a serious threat. Okay. You know? Or even they're like, they're never even seen as a romantic interest whatsoever. They're just there and they're just, you know, boys and or girls, depending on the, on the harem. This one is like, I think this one is following the Snow White with the red hair. Uh, harem, I guess, in terms of like, I would love Shiryuki to like end up with Sen. Not Sen, sorry. Uh, Obi? What's the name of the dude? Obi. Yeah, Obi. I love Obi. Obi's great. Alex. But um, it's never like, it's not going to happen, right? It's not going to happen. The same way, like, you, you might okay. be there for, you know. Alex whoever. and I have this chat all the time. I don't read, uh, or, and I haven't watched it yet, but her thing is like, Look, it's the genre. She's never gonna wind up with Obi. And then my thing is just, I'm like, someone's gotta break type eventually, right? <laughs> okay. Yeah, but it won't be. It won't be Obi. There's no Not way. Not to be no insane person, but here's how we can still win. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I know that she's never gonna end up with Obi. Okay, so like a hundred percent, I know this in my brain. But also the current arc is so intensely romantic between the two that like, holy shit, if she doesn't end up with Obi, what the fuck is the author doing? (laughs) It is. Wow, it is romantic. (laughs) And it just doesn't make sense that she's going to end up with Zen. But also like her and Zen, fine, whatever, they're cute. I would be fine if they end up together. (sighs) But I think she has better development with Obi. I like Ovi. I like I, I like Ovi a lot, so I kind of like would definitely be Team Ovi, but that's a losing okay. team. I'm sorry. Honestly, it's, this is it the is part where I He's one of those characters for me that's not attractive enough looking for me to get really invested in. 
he's he's very roguish though i would say okay you know what i mean where it's like um i'm trying to think of like okay this is kind of like okay i'm trying to think of like like okay i don't know why this is my mind but you know you guys ever watch gossip girl yes okay listen that is a very important staple in our life <laughs> <laughs> okay unfortunately right, so like I, I would i would say if you like go back in time we'll say like to the now, without character biases aside, I always say, like, if you think of, like, um, Ed Westwick or Chuck, right? Mm-hmm. He's not, like, inherently a... Ha- like, I wouldn't say he's more handsome than Nate in terms oh, of, like... Not. Yeah. Just, like... But in terms of, like, a character, because, like, Chuck is such a rogue, and he's so, like, Chuck, right? You okay. can see why he really took off in terms of, like, fan popularity, right? Where, like, Nate's kind of, like... Zen is, like, a very Nate character, well, oh, I would yeah. say Obi's okay. more of a Chuck, you know. Yeah, I can yeah. say that Nate was very much. I feel like lost in the background after a while. I am interested. I gotta say, I, love, I fucking love Nate though. So like. listen, I, I am curious now since you brought up Gossip Girl, where do you fall on the chair dare debate? <laughs> the chair dare, Chuck and Blair or Dan and Blair? Oh yeah. Okay, so okay, so this There's is kind right of answer. this is see. <laughs> I would say, I would say, um, okay, for me personally, I really, I really like Dan. Okay, um, I like Dan and Blair, but I think if I was writing it and I was making a show, it's got to be Chuck and Blair, right? Like they're, it's like the show was fucking Chuck and Blair. It's like Wrong Ross and answer. Rachel or whatever. <laughs> I, yeah, I like Ross Dan, and like, Rachel too, but yeah, me too. Me too. I thought Joey and Rachel would have been great. Me too. But, oh know. my god, thank you. But see, that's it. There's like the second lead syndrome where like, oh, I have, I've written this first pairing where like they have to break up for a reason. And if you write it too well, then you don't want them to get back together because you're like, yeah, of course they don't work together because you showed us they don't work together. Let them be happy with the new people that you've introduced because clearly you've written them like you've written them for so long that when they come together, they're like perfectly fitting for each other. Yeah. And Dan and Blair had that thing that we were discussing about where they gave each other positive things. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Like, well, Chuck and Blair was kind of like, well, it was kind of Gossip Girl. Pretty much like it was a car crash, right? But yeah, <laughs> kind of like you couldn't tear your eyes away from it for whatever reason. I kind of like I, I said, I, I liked I liked Dan and Blair a lot. I actually enjoyed their time together. But it just always felt like, well, it has to be Chuck and it's Blair. Gonna, like, yeah. Yeah, it's like Serena and Dan. You know, it's just like mm, that was the thing. other thing. If I had ended, if I had ended it my way, it would have been Serena, Nate, Dan, and Blair. Chuck winds up alone. Oh, I, I would have had Serena, and, I, Serena and Carter. You're Carter. Um, oh, Bucky. so that Sebastian Stan? Yeah, 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 yeah. I, that, he, I love that character. Now, he kind of had. He kind of follows our, our our guy Tejun's arc, where he starts out <laughs> like you know, sex pest kind of horrible but then at one point you're like fuck i love this guy you know i i, I really like carter now granted like he would it was kind of like him and what was the other character michelle trachtenberg's character georgina uh, georgina, georgina where like every time she would come back you didn't know what you're getting like is she crazy is she a villain is she a good guy now like and i felt like carter kind of had that thing where you didn't really know what he would like he kind of was he was kind of wrote written to suit whatever was needed in terms of like the narrative, it was like not really very consistent as a character, but I liked him. And uh, yeah, Sabrina and Sebastian Stan, come on, like think of the think of the children. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, that's a good looking catch right there. You know, Sebastian Stan, I feel like yeah, he's really good at 
playing those really wacky, I feel like, morally gray characters. The Hatter on Once Upon a Time was, even though he's only in like three episodes, was really good character. Good, good to get a bit of Gossip Girl talk in there anyway. Yeah. It's not something yeah. you get to do very often. Yeah. Uh, the Tejun is the is the Carter Basin of uh, Yona. Yeah. is an amazing take. Well, it's hopefully it goes that way. <laughs> Guess we'll have to find out. Gotta keep reading. Because otherwise, I like I really like I really like nailing my uh, my flag to Tay June here. So, <laughs> if he lets me down, I'll be very disappointed in him. I just feel like there's something there. I feel like he's got potential. Oh, that's so fascinating. So uh, yeah, uh, I thought like inter- a couple of things that I like that I thought the anime did really well uh, was like the moon scenes, like everything with the moon. Some of the shots of. Um, Shu Jin, Shu Jin, Shu, Shu, Sheena? oh crap, Sheena, that's the one, <laughs> sorry, I, I closed the character list page and I'm just like, oh, begins with an S, okay, uh, I got your back, there's <laughs> like the, like the shot of him like staring up at the moon, oh, beautiful, I really like that shot, and then like, you had the fireflies kind of, kind of rising up out of the grass, uh, I like oh, the fireflies. Is that was that one of the things that was too cheesy for you, Alex, or did you like the fireflies? Um, yes, but I can recognize that it's beautiful. <laughs> I yeah, have a heart. Come on. Yeah. Well, I like that. I actually I looked up firefly symbolism, and apparently oh. they symbolize hope, guidance, inspiration, and awakening. Oh, that's uh, so. It's very appropriate because I did wonder because um, interestingly. Uh, I read something about Black Widow, which it's such a small thing. I wouldn't really count it as a spoiler, but um, the director deliberately chose to begin and end the movie with fireflies. And it was this idea that because obviously we know from Endgame that Natasha dies, but she wanted the fireflies as a symbol that Natasha is infinite, even though she's dead in current events. Hmm. So this idea of fireflies just being this really positive thing, I think is lovely, especially coming off of Teen Wolf, where they were always an ill omen. <laughs> yeah, it was not good when you saw them. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, in normal times, according to, you know, Google.edu, they symbolize hope and awakening. So that is what our boy Sheena is going through. I could see it. We'd see it. Yeah, the, the last couple of minutes, I thought, in terms of like art, because like th- there's a bit of a shoujo issue with generally they don't get the manga, the animation budget that the shonen do. Oh, yeah. So it's like very rare that you're going to be like, wow, that was a visual treat if it's a sh-, you know. But what they can sort of excel in, not so much as the animation as the art department. And I really think they like killed it with the art in the back half of the episode. Yeah. Which was like basically when it hit the, when the night came. There's a really cool shot as well of um, when Yona was talking to um, Hawk. They did a cutaway to like the water, and I think the moon was reflected in the water at one point. And I was like, "It's a nice like sh- that's a nice shot as well." There's a lot of like good direction in mm-hmm. the episode um, that was like pretty impressive because there's there's definitely been moments where I've, like I really liked how they've like kind of composed certain shots. Episode six again, like not to go back on that one, but that episode was like. Man, they just killed it for the first like ten minutes of the episode. Like they, how they frame things, they like the movements because a lot of the fights up to that point had been like limbs flying. You know what I mean? It was like not really like a 
I felt like it was kind of an afterthought, like any sort of like battles, you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, that was like, that was pretty dope. But for this one, it was definitely like the, like the, the art. Yeah. Art. Sorry. Words failing, but art, moon, pretty, fireflies, green. Good. <laughs> so forgive me for not knowing, but are you an artist? Do you have an art background? Uh, uh, I, I did. I studied um, English literature in college. Oh. I got a, oh, I hey. a master's in modern English literature. Yeah, I was gonna say it earlier on. It was like I was like, no, let's bring it up. Um, I like art, like yeah. like actively like art. But in terms of like, you know, like <laughs> getting it across, uh, not really, honestly. Okay. Like, uh, did did some music, did some writing, but in terms of like using these hands to actually create something. Like physically beautiful, yeah, possible. <laughs> it could cause a fire. That's about all I could do. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's definitely like uh, when we're like we've been doing our podcast for like a while now. Um, that it was, I felt like um, what we were good at in terms of like pretty good at like oh you can you, know, you can break down sort of like a scene or like the theme of something right uh, pretty well because that was something like you know you're forced to do in college or whatever. But um, I was always like, I felt like a weak spot was like stuff like framing or color or just like, you know, how, you know, like directorial stuff and like how how shit is like composed on a technical level. Uh, So that was like something I tried to like be more cognizant of. And I've noticed that like the last like year or so, uh, trying to focus that on like my kind of like anime or movie related discussion. And then it gets to the point now where you're just like, oh, shit, I love these shots, you know? I was watching a Parasite recently, the, um, the Bong, Joon-ho, Bong Joon-ho movie. And I find myself just, like, constantly just, like, loving these, like, oh, this shot, this shot, the framing here is so great. Um, and I just, I noticed it was very, whoever directs the series is pretty great at, like, framing a cool shot. Um, you know, not all the time. Certain times it's just, like, you know, it's, it's just where kind of like we're just kind of faithfully following the, the 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 manga, but when they when the anime has its like time to be sort of like creative or be like its own thing, because it's pretty faithful from what I've seen or from what I've read, I should say. Um, but when it has the time to be creative, I think it does a really good job. So it's been mm. pretty fascinating. I like that. So yeah, no, Go that team, is really interesting. Team uh, team literature. <laughs> team literature yeah that's what we're good at and that's what i like to focus on oh, my secret dream is to be an author so i like to break down stories and figure out why they work and why they don't and like what they do well and i think it's not so secret dream anymore by the way you just announced <laughs> yeah. that on a podcast, I'm just on a podcast. Bag. yeah <laughs> it's only a secret because i'm bad at writing <laughs> so like i don't You're know if it'll ever though. happen and i feel bad admitting it because like if it doesn't happen then like oops <laughs> I've told the world. But, uh, what kind of uh, uh, kind of a random aside? But what kind of uh, what kind of fiction is it? Fiction you guys would be interested in writing, or yeah, yeah I tend uh, to do like urban fantasy type stuff or high fantasy. I have I have two ideas that are in the pipeline. One is just like your standard medieval type fantasy, and one's more magical realism. Nice, nice magical realism. Actually, speaking of magical, speak. Speaking of, I don't know if you like uh, if you're a fan of like a Haruki Murakami. Speaking of magical realism, uh, he's like I've I, heard I, the I, name. 
he's um he's a he's probably the biggest writer in Japan, I think, right now. But he's like he does magical realism pretty well. Like oh, I, I would say, like I'm sold. Uh, yeah, he's. Uh, I would say like it, it depends like what kind of magical realism you like. But I know like for a while there, like the literary fiction that I really enjoyed was like magical realist, like a uh, Salmon Rushdie. I, mm. I really really liked his writing. Um, Murakami as well. There's a lot of like he's pretty interesting dude. I I I like how he like um he handles like sexuality mm. and. Uh, like he has like a lot of like interesting characters in terms of that, like like sexually fluid characters. I thought it'd be pretty cool in like a more like hard fantasy setting, like something like uh, I don't know, like like the Wheel of Time or something like that. You know, kind of like mo- modernize a little bit with those kind of like kind of more interesting characters, like identity wise. Um, how about yourself, Alex? What kind of writing would you be? Are you? Uh, secretly hoping to write (laughs) um yeah i'm if it wasn't clear from my obsession with hawk and yona i'm interested in romance um but specifically contemporary romance there's a difference so like the the things that people think of as the romance genre are like fabio on the cover uh the the ceo's secret baby those sort of things it's not the genre that I'm most interested in. I'm more interested in like um, uh, Casey McQuiston, Emily Giffen, um, uh, Sally Thorne, those sort of things. If any of those names mean anything to you. Who wrote The Hating Game? That one's about to be a movie. Yes. The Hating Game. That's Sally Thorne. That's Sally Thorne. I'm trying to think. I mean, I feel like they haven't really adapted any in recent times. So it's really hard for me to think of any but yes i think they're they're adapting the hating game it's almost going to come out hopefully soon i think they're finished filming but who knows when yeah so, starring yeah. lucy hale if you ever watched pretty little liars or that really terrible cinderella story sequel pretty, uh, uh, i'm not gonna lie pretty little liars is like a step too far for me i never watched it i just i just know that that's what she's most known for is pretty little yeah. liars I was I saw it recently. I was like, I was like, no, nah, I, I could never do it. I no. actually saw I was on Tumblr and I saw this really cute gift set, and I was like, this really cute romantic gift set, and I was like, what is this? This looks awesome. And I looked it up, and I knew it was a foreign show, and it was a Turkish adaptation of Pretty Little Liars. And I was like, <laughs> I cannot do it. <laughs> Maybe they do it better in Turkey, but I don't want to find out. <laughs> I, I I I will say almost certainly not. But, it would be a, but at least you can sort of like pretend that's cultured because it's not in English. You're just like, well, well you know. Yeah. But no, I'm sure it's absolute dog shit. Yeah. yeah. But God, that one gift set almost had me though. They were it was like two people <laughs> dancing in the rain, looking like they had a lot of fun. And I was like, I want to see this. And J.K. No, I don't. I gotta uh, say, I watched half a season of Pretty Little Liars. It didn't do it for me. It wasn't very good. But I'm okay. It might not be bad. I have a thing where if there's no comedy in it, I just can't connect with it. I like to laugh. And I think that life is like really funny. And I laugh all the time. (laughs) I love laughing. So if there's no comedy, it's like, okay, well, like, what's the point? (laughs) Which sounds really stupid. But yeah, that's my thing. So Pretty Little Liars never made me laugh. There's no jokes. There's no attempt at it. And I understand that it's a drama, so like obviously it doesn't have to, but... I'm going to Google this now. 
for some reason in my mind it was like a teen kind of like gossip girl thing i feel like it was except gossip girl was a cultural i don't even know it's just it's important and pretty little liars should just be banned there it is i will never watch the gossip girl is funny gossip girl is so funny especially georgina sparks not always intentionally well yeah that's (laughs) Okay, as we're speaking of writing romances, uh, my one of my only notes about the anime that was different was that when I was reading the manga, I didn't read their reunion as Yona being surprised. So in the caves, of course. Um, but Monica Rial read Yona saying Hawk's name after their rescue was being like really surprised by that to be like, oh, why did you hug me? I'm surprised. Um, and... I was, oh my God, I'm going to say surprised like five times in a row, but I was surprised by like her confusion for why he would hug her. And then I was thinking about it a whole bunch. And I think maybe that's like Yona's way of compartmentalizing their relationship as we talked about earlier with like the scene by the, by the river. Um, we've seen Hawk push Yona's boundaries as a weird and awkward way to establish them. I mean, that's my reading of it. It's his way of establishing their boundaries. Uh, so now we see her setting them outright with this section. She's here. She's surprised because she doesn't think that he'd be worried beyond like this girl is my duty to protect, uh, for him to like collapse into a hug, like just like fully envelop her is, uh, probably more than she was expecting. And I think she still thinks there's absolutely nothing there and he doesn't like her at all. So that's why she was so surprised when he hugged her. That's my reading at least. I probably read way too much into it, but I was like, why was she so confused by that? Like, obviously he's been by her side this entire time. Why would she be confused that he would be happy that she's alive? Again, we're all lit majors and we will find the reasoning. And you found a lovely, perfectly workable one. Thesis accepted. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Okay. So, no, I do have two more points. One, I mentioned last week that the anime should have been <laughs> cut differently. And I think that 24 and 25 should have been separate episodes. I think we should have started with them out of the caves, moving on. Yeah, that makes sense to me. They could have wrapped up the caves a little bit faster than in the manga. If they really needed to, they could have like shoved all three chapters into one. It feels weird. It always kind of feels... Okay, so I was watching... uh, What was I... I think I was listening to the Full Metal Analysts podcast, which does uh, the reviews of Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. Um, Highly recommend. Very good. Uh, that's but, a nice pun by the way is that is that the fruit basket guys no they do as no I, I know there's like a fruit there was a fruit basket podcast i was listening to for a while that i think when they finished the fruit basket manga I did a full metal alchemist one as well Ooh, yeah. that's interesting i'll have to look into that because i was looking for a fruit i can't imagine it was basket. as punny as that one though yeah it's pretty good i think it's called it's, it's called let's stay let's stay together oh okay Oh, you know what I did? I think I found that one and the Fruits Basket dub at the same time. And I picked the dub one and they lasted three episodes and then gave up. <laughs> but that's 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 anime podcast in a nutshell. <laughs> Giving up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I found that a <laughs> so, lot. <you> know. <laughs> but let's stay together. Okay, so they do they do Full Metal Alchemist now. 
That's interesting. Yes, I think they. I I didn't. I I I I like I like Fullmetal Alchemist, but not enough to like go looking for a podcast for it. So I kind of like yeah. tuned out at that point. But um, yeah, the fruit basket one was pretty good. <laughs> That's interesting because I love Fullmetal Alchemist. I think it also does plot really well. I uh, we have I constantly have arguments. With my my friend is like, it's the best anime ever. I'm like, uh, it's really good. Don't get me wrong. Like FMA is great, but. Is it the best anime? And it really bugs me the fact that it's the number one anime on my anime list. I don't know if you guys are using that website. It's like, um, for some reason, like these like you know, weird nerd communities have to catalog. It's like Goodreads for anime, right? It's like, uh, you got to tell everyone what you're watching, you know? And um, the highest rated one, the highest rated anime on my anime list is Full Metal Alchemist. And of course, every time a show like or a movie passes out Full Metal Alchemist, all the FMA stands have to come out and downvote the other show. So, like, for example, like in the last year, uh, Attack on Titans, the new Attack on Titans season, um, passed it out. And then, of course, the downvotes. And uh, Fruits Basket passed it out as well to become the number one highest rate anime. And then, boom, of course, the FMA stands had to attack again. So I'm kind of, I'm kind of like angry with them right now. <laughs> so it's kind of like colored my... like. Love of that show, even though again, like Ray, Wrath when he's like storming the building is like one of the most badass scenes in any anime. Yeah, it's like great, dope, but um, yeah, grr to like you know, toxic fandoms. No, I, I agree. I don't know that it's the f- best anime because I haven't watched very much anime, so I'm not willing to say that, but yeah, I, do, uh, I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think. If Yona had been able to continue, it definitely would have surpassed it for me. But for now, I think of anime that is self-contained and has ended. I think it is the best that I've seen just because it has like a start and an end and it's clear where they're going. I feel like a lot of long-running anime will go so long that they just kind of lose the plot. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. Like as a guy, as a guy who's done way too much of his life watching Naruto. <laughs> That's what oh, Press fucking says too. <laughs> He's like, there are too many episodes in Naruto. <laughs> oh, there are. They're, it's ridiculous. And like, that's not even like, I, like One Piece is the famous one. Uh, I yeah, I was going to say yeah. One Piece. Uh, you'll never catch me. Yeah. I think my sister's trying to tackle that one. And that uh, cut that out, Alex. But a kid we went to high school with. <laughs> is always on facebook yeah yeah (laughs) he's always on facebook like repping one piece also i think an olympian recently did some pose of like some one piece character probably i know um there's like a on youtube the book tuber i guess that's the thing they call it uh daniel green he's also he's like a fantasy guy but he's doing one piece now as well like i've heard it's great right i have but it's just that's what i've heard heard i've I'm like, but I've hard so enough time many. with twelve episodes of anything nowadays. You know what yeah. I mean? Like I'm trying to watch. I'm trying to watch the Shinara, whatever the hell it is on Netflix oh, right now. Chronicles. Holy shit, it's bad. But <laughs> you know, in a kind of fun way. That's how you know. Yeah. If you want something that's bad and fun, if you've never watched Once Upon a Time, you should do it. I, like I've seen, like I've seen, I've seen bits of it, but I just it just baffles me. Like I feel like this is like a Disney thing, right? But why is the why did the why does it look so bad in terms of like oh like my god the production is so bad it's so bad and then it's like every now and then they'll have a really good arc 
And then just other times it's just like baffling or they'll have, there'll be times where they're clearly just trying to be like, we're going to introduce this new character because, you know, it'd be fun to have Hercules. And then they'll do like nothing with them or like drop it. It's insane. I was also offended by the girl from the girl who does Brave. I can't remember her name. She's oh, Merida. Brave. Merida. <laughs> I didn't like her accent. I didn't like her accent. Um, I liked her. The, the problem is when you're like, like I know what a Scottish accent sounds like, and I know what an Irish oh, accent sounds like, or gotcha. a Welsh. You know, gotcha. and when you got your generic Scottish accent and anything like this, and you're not really Scottish, and it's like, oh, come on, are you really? I don't know. It's like, but you know, it's just like that's like a pet peeve, though. That's like, fair. It's actually just like a. I'm really intense about Southern accents because, again, all of my extended family is from Arkansas. And without fail, even other Americans will always overdo a Southern accent. Yeah. Without fail. When y'all are talking like this, um, that, that's yeah. not how it is. Yeah. Yeah, every, no. Everyone sounds like Miley Cyrus. Not Miley Cyrus. Hannah Montana. Hannah Montana. That's the one I wanted to say. Yeah. It, it's never that intense. <laughs> it is good. I, I I do I do love a good like southern accent though. In terms of I like do my, too, but <laughs> pre- but it's gotta like, be accurate. Uh, like a preference for like it, like cause I wouldn't say like I would say that the North American accent I wouldn't consider it like particularly like attractive. In terms of like oh that's that's like the sexy accent right. But um I do like a southern one. It's pretty like I think a southern accent is pretty cute. Um like it's better than like. Certain accents get wrapped like Australian accents. They're dreadful. Sorry if anyone's from Australia who's listening to this podcast. Alex no, literally hates Australians. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, oh, I, I, mean, think very, I think they're so funny because like, they just like don't give a shit. They don't give a shit to the point where they are racist a lot of the time. Oh, oh, yeah, they are very racist. I, I, I played rugby for like... um. Like most, like I grew up playing in Ireland, playing rugby, and everyone was Irish. But when I moved uh-huh. to Asia, I started playing rugby with a lot of like um, Australian dudes and New Zealanders. And uh-huh. some when they're having like, let's call it locker room talk, <laughs> you're kind of like, wow, Jesus Christ! It's like, <laughs> what year is it? Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, and then like, because it's difficult to get like streams or like you know televised games of like rugby in Asia because it's not re- in Taiwan. It's not really a thing. Um, you, every so often you get like an Australian stream of something and even like on TV they're like you guys, you guys are very casual with like your language and like you know what you're saying but uh, there's a there's a certain like informality to the I find to like Australian culture that I do kind of yeah. like find and also their soap operas are like awesome they're so fucking bad but great at the same time you know what I mean like in Ireland, Australian soap operas are just like the one of the most popular oh, yeah. things. Yeah, I grew yeah, up on that shit. That, yeah, what's the one that Chris Hemsworth was on? I've heard it multiple oh, times. Oh, yeah, he was he. I, th- I think he was on Home and was Away. He on Home and Away. Yeah, yeah. Yes, that's the one I've heard. Of. It's like every Australian actor that like makes it. I feel like has yeah, been on Home and Away, <laughs> Home and Away, Home and Away, or Neighbors. They've had like all of them. So like Russell Crowe was on Neighbors, and like Kylie Minogue was on Neighbors, and. Um, what's the girl who's in um, Suicide Squad? Margot oh. Robbie. Margot Robbie. She and that she was on Neighbors as well. Then Home and Away had like the Hemsworths and insert other famous Australians yeah. that I can't think of right now. You know, 
I grew up on American soap operas because it's like I'd go to grandma's and that's what they'd be watching. So it's like it always excites me when I see soap actors transition into like actual like Justin Hartley from This Is Us was on Passions, the worst show of all time. <laughs> the, the weird thing about the big like the cognitive dissonance for like for me is like um, the most most of the soaps like Australian soaps are popular and everyone in Australian soaps and from what I've seen in American soaps are very attractive. Mm-hmm. But then I get like the main soaps are like British soaps where, and I mean, everyone is like fugly as like, they're, you know, it's a hard life on a British soap. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's grim. It's dark. You know, it's everything is like, kind of like washed in like it's blue tint, you know, oh, it's like, cause, yeah. cause it fuck it. Cause it never stops raining. <laughs> and um, it's just like the, the, the difference between like a British soap and a, like a, and a, and a North American or Australian soap is just like, yeah north america they're like all models michael b jordan actually was on all my children i think originally and yeah like is he the current sexiest man alive or was he the one before i feel like he's been named it right or did just people assume that he should yeah either he was or people (laughs) protested that he should have been when they named a fugly dude but (laughs) but yeah that's is it is it people magazine that do yeah it's like after they like named Blake Shelton, everyone was like, "You guys have no credibility. That's it. We're done." Oh it's wow! Like- okay, it's Patrick Mahomes, apparently. Which I don't know if you guys are familiar with American football. Kansas City Chiefs quarterback. We're from Kansas City. <laughs> oh, <laughs> really? Yeah. Al- well, Alex now lives in California, but yeah, it's funny. You were like, "It's like yes, we are very familiar with Patrick." Because you mentioned you mentioned you mentioned Kansas City earlier on. I can't remember. You said, you said something about barbecue in Kansas City. Barbecue, earlier on. yeah. <laughs> it's like I'm just like fuck. I have no idea. Like Kansas, like it's like. Listen, our th- that those are our things. But yeah, barbecue, barbecue, and Patrick Mahomes. That's those are our well, things. He's- <laughs> Well, he is the sexiest man alive, apparently. There you go. All right. We according to a very, cur- a very according to a very cursory uh, Google search. So, <laughs> all right. right, good for him. Good for him. All right, let me check twenty twenty because, yeah, Michael B. Jordan. Okay, so he lost the crown to Patrick Mahomes. I'm sorry, but no way, it's Patrick Mahomes. No, I don't think of him as sexy. Like he, he's like a cute, nice boy. Yeah, his voice as well. He's he honks when he he's, speaks. He right? sounds like, he's Kermit, like he's Kermit the Frog. Yeah, I don't think I've ever heard him speak. Yeah, he literally that probably like he, helps. He literally sounds like Alex has this thing where she doesn't like to think about him because what was it is like so many people put pressure on him by thinking about him all the time that you're worried that it'll like curse him. So you try not to think about him. Wait, is that a thing? Because I'm gonna start thinking. Of, I fucking hate the Chiefs. <laughs> yeah no i barely i'm just like barely vaguely into football but like it's the chiefs i go, I, uh, I go for the patriots so uh, no that's our oh, literally boy. literally our least favorite that's literally yeah of course because it's, like, it's, it's like it's like supporting the empire in star wars <laughs> I, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah a little bit tom brady well, I guess he's. Not well, we, we lost we, we lost there. him unfortunately. Yeah, that's right. Thank we uh, we have Cam we have Cam Cam Newton there, which is uh, it's an yeah. experience. humbling, yeah. humbling. My dad my dad is a Jets fan, so it was kind of like um, I guess an act of teenage rebellion <laughs> going yeah. for the Patriots. Oh yeah, we're Chiefs, and my dad 
And a lot of my uncles like the Pittsburgh Steelers. So I, I oh, will occasionally. I, I hate them, them as well. And their owner is lit- their owner was literally born in Ireland. <laughs> that was like that's a, like really? that's a reason to love him. But yeah, or like, he I, he was I don't know, like I don't know he's like old as shit, so he might be dead. But um, but yeah, the Steelers. At one and then, time, at one time he was from Ireland. Good yeah. to know. And he had like a nice diddly eye accent as well. The Rooney family, like, come on. Gotcha. Uh, their their mascot's name is their mascot's their mascot name is Steely McBeam. Brilliant. Oh my god. Not good. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know why that finished. Uh yeah, they're from Irish American family. Yeah, so I don't know. But I just the the Chiefs are too good. Patrick Mahomes is too sexy, apparently. So <laughs> it's like we have also like there's also like every like a lot of dudes in that team have done a lot of very bad things. Yeah. So yeah, like I know there's been some you know, controversy. A lot with the with the with the Kansas City Chiefs more so than not like everyone's got skeletons like let's be real, Every, no one because at the end of the day if you're talented and you make money they will ignore a lot of things especially in the F- NFL but uh, it just seems like a lot of those dudes end up on the Kansas City Chiefs and they're very good which means, makes it easy to dislike we're them. so good <laughs> yeah I don't know as somebody who who actually went when we won the Super Bowl who went to the parade uh I, I'm like fully in it now I, I can't. I can't turn away uh, from my Chiefs. Uh, but bringing it back from our massive tangent. Sorry, Alex. <laughs> That's okay. No. Yeah, I got this, I'm the worst. This podcast was built for tangents. It's fine. Okay. Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, so going back to um, the anime for Yona. Yeah. Uh, one of the things, and they had, but just going back to sometimes the anime allows you to play a little more than, or or things land a little better than they do when they're reading. Uh, I did laugh really hard, even though this line was in the manga. Um, the lampshade that Hawk gives when Yoon is like, "Yeah, I, I traded um, medicine for this food in this pot," and Hawk goes, "When did you have the time?" Like I actually <laughs> laugh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's it I, I think it was in the manga but i didn't laugh until the anime because it was like yeah that's right we we were as readers with them like every second that they were in the caves when did he have the time there was like a little tuck shop in the corner of the cave that was just off panel that we didn't see yeah so it it was cute for them to sort of like wink wink and be like yeah we know this is a little ridiculous and i do like whenever it um it does that and i also laughed really hard in the scene where geisha's freaking out about sheena i'm already again i had it earlier and now i'm already forgetting uh is freaking out and he's like god he's probably feeling humiliated and then there's just like that little caption that's like is literally not thinking anything like my <laughs> dude is literally no thoughts head empty right now <laughs> i have that word for word in my notes <laughs> <laughs> like they really said no thoughts head empty <laughs> <laughs> it was perfect yeah, the, the line that made me laugh really hard that they changed a little bit from the manga is that Hawk, <laughs> Hawk talking about Sheena goes, whoa, he's right here. And Yoon goes, yeah, he's been traveling with us the whole time, dummy. <laughs> <So> <laughs> I just, like, really love the idea of Hawk being like, when the fuck did he get here? And Yoon is like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> 
He's a, he's uh, he strikes me as an always looking forward kind of guy. I guess it's a literally always looking forward kind of guy. <laughs> That's fair. He didn't notice he was behind because <laughs> he's like, all right, <laughs> eyes ahead. Where's the green dragon? Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. There's also a shout out. Remind me the actress, the American voice actress for Yona Monica. Real. Real. Okay. Yeah. Uh, kudos for her for her owl again. There is a shot where a fish jumps out of the water and owl does this like happy murder face yell that it like freeze frames <laughs> on <laughs> that I was so tickled by. Yeah. Uh, talking about good shots, <laughs> just Owl and the Fish was an excellent one in terms of comedy. Okay, I was kind of bloodthirsty because I also noted when they were in, <laughs> when they were, I want to say this was back in the caves, but I'll watch as a bee fly by and, and she gets the same look that the cats get when they see a bug where she just like. That was my thought with the fish. It's just like you you're very familiar with Millie's murder face, Millie being one of the cats that you might have seen in shot uh earlier. But yeah, it's just this murder gleam that somehow the artist of the anime was able to capture in cartoon form. Absolutely so well. It was very good. So out of curiosity, um the squirrel Ow, and his mentor, the blue dragon's mentor. They have the same name. Yes, I think. Is yeah, there's not like uh, some sort of like reincarnation thing going on here, is there? Or <laughs> oh, that'd be an interesting theory. I just assumed uh, that yeah, that he named it after his mentor because that was like the one person he loved. But that would be hilarious. That's a much more sane thing to think. I don't know why I went to fucking reincarnation. No, I love that. Uh. I did have a question though, Alex. Did they? Did we just misgender Al ourselves, or did they change the gender for the anime? Because they definitely refer to Al as male in the anime. Do they? Yeah, that's interesting. They've used he. Okay, I am not willing to stake my life on this, but I'm pretty sure she's a girl in the manga because that's I remember. How I feel too, but I didn't know if it was the mandala effect and- or not. Mm. Okay, well, that remains to be seen. <laughs> I'm like 99.9% sure, but that does make sense because I thought Owl was a boy for the longest time and I kept having to consciously remind myself like, oh, whoops, she's a girl in the manga. I need to rewrite my brain. But if she's called he in the anime, that would be why because I watched the anime and then picked up the manga for the second arc. I don't know. I want to say, I want to say she's a girl. Yeah. Well, yeah, she's definitely a dude, at least in the, the American dub. Uh, or not just American dub, just the English dub. Maybe it doesn't matter. Yeah. Oh, I also I laughed. I Are you trying to find out <laughs> Yeah. what the gender of the squirrel is? Oh, yeah. Please tell uh, us. Yeah. Um, I also laughed at um, when Yoon and Yona are bonding and they were talking about how they were both scared how yona just goes we're both pansies aren't we that's <laughs> really cute i like that they're allowed to show that vulnerability where she's not like a stoic perfect person she's like i'm scared all the time and Yuna's like yeah me too i think it's nice that they all have strengths and weaknesses and their weakness is definitely like physical weakness because they're surrounded yeah. by overpowered people 
it's just a nice balance. And again, like we never want to get into it. And I know it's a debated term, but nobody wants to be in Mary Sue territory. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it's just boring to watch somebody who's perfect all the time. I want people to have flaws. And I like her flaws. I think they're good. Um, mm. I think it's a, I think Ao is a she from what I've seen on the wiki. Honestly, there's little and the manga or the though. anime or both. Uh, I'm I'm just going off the um, the uh, Akatsuki no Yona wiki. Okay. And they just the the pronoun that is used throughout the article is she, but there's like there's a trivia section, and I figured if they if they had changed the gender for the for the anime, it would have been in the trivia section. Okay. But there, there's there's nothing. All right, maybe I'm mishearing, but listen for it next week, Alex. And I swear, maybe I'm going crazy, but I swear they. I will to. listen for it. Oh, <laughs> in the co- in the comment section, though, um, there there are people corrected for for uh, referring to uh, Ao as a him. So apparently, not the only people who are confused by the gender of this little squirrel. I mean, I bet you're probably right that Owl was called a boy in the anime. Because I feel like it takes a long time for them to call her a girl in the manga. And I want to say even at one point, Kusanagi is like, yeah, she's a girl. Like, so I feel like that's just a point of contention. Like, people are confused by it. But yes. Now I'm 100% sure she's supposed to be a girl. Possibly the anime got that wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Um, did you have any other anime points? I have a couple left. Nope. No thoughts head empty like our boy uh, Sheena. <laughs> no thoughts. <laughs> okay, point one. Hawk is a little bit cross-eyed, which I love as an animation choice. <laughs> He's not perfect. He's got like a little bit, like one eye comes a little bit closer to his nose. And you can really tell when uh, Geisha faints. And I was like, oh, there's his cross eye. That's so cute. <laughs> um, oh, wait, I had three points. Okay, so Christopher Sabat, which is um, uh, Hawk's voice actor, like knocked out of the park this episode. I thought he did so well. We usually like give Ian Sinclair props. And obviously he gets them again this episode. But like Christopher Sabat, like really. And Sinclair's Geisha, well. right? Yes. Uh, Christopher Sabat is also Fri- is also Frieza from Dragon Ball. Oh, hey! It's like a, he's got range. <laughs> he's also he's also yeah, uh, there's like, I have fun, that is a that is a huge difference for sure. There's, yeah, there's one where uh, Christopher Sabat. I I I generally try and like um, balance out the sub and the dub. So I, I actually checked out both of them for this one just because I wanted to see how they compared. But um, Christopher Sabat, he does um. Via, he's a he's he's a character in this anime called uh, this anime called Amnesia, and Amnesia is like very very trashy shojo, like the trashiest, and that's like my favorite kind of shojo generally. It's like the gutter shit, like the worst of the worst. And he, I don't know what he was thinking because um, in that anime they're all like college age, and he's playing this character Iki. But for some reason, he does this like he does the voice like this. He sounds like like he's like an elderly man, but the character is very like you know this very like uh, very like I'm trying to think of the word like kind of like a sartorial, uh, tall, slender anime boy who's supposed to be in college, and he's giving this like really like 
like really odd voice. Like I don't know what like the like the prompt was there to like to do that voice. And I just every time I think of Christopher Sabatini, I always think of that performance because he's generally I would say he's a pretty good voice actor. But holy shit, he did a bad job that time around. <laughs> um, like that's that is one of like that amnesia is so freaking bad, but also kind of great because it's so bad. So uh, recommendations it. if people like trashy, trashy horror anime. We love tr- we're raccoons. We love trash. This is like I'm. I'm gonna. This is really bad, and it's like kind of like c- cancelable in a lot of places. Like like uh, my boy um, Taeyun. Is that his name Taeyun? Taeyun. <laughs> Taeyun. Yeah. Like he 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 is nothing compared to the guys in that show. <laughs> Well, I was I was thinking because there's a character called Taeyu, and so I was like, oh, well, you got close. I was wondering if you met him, but no. <laughs> so worse than Taeyu. Swing and a miss. Oh, like considerably worse. Like the that that guy, uh, Christopher Sabat's character in that in that anime, for example, he's like he wants to protect the girl, so he figures the only way to do that is to lock her in a cage and make her wear lingerie. <laughs> and it's like there's a really big gap in like like how did you go from from there to putting her in a cage like it's like it's it's and that's he's not even the most problematic boy oh i'm gonna like, watch it immediately <laughs> yeah, oh I'm, my god amnesia, amnesia is like an all-timer like oh, the i yeah. guess like the po- the po- the poster child for like bad like trashy shoujo is diabolic lovers i don't know that is incredible like that is actually incredible. That it's like a, it's about twelve minutes per episode. And it's about a girl who lives in a house full of with a bunch of vampires. So basically, like each um, guy will just randomly like bite her in a very uh, like kind of a it's very implied rape. Let's put it that way. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> it is fucking incredibly bad. But um. You know what? I I've never. Know, it's actually, very popular for some reason. I've never actually watched it, but I have watched edits of it where somebody has watched the whole thing and will edit out the weirdest parts and like put sort of weird reaction into it. It's it is insane. It's incredible. <laughs> yeah, I, I I reviewed I reviewed both of those series for our for our podcast and did I release them as YouTube videos because for some reason they were just like very popular like episodes for us talking about fucking diabolic lovers and it's weird. It's just like. Everyone who comments on those videos is like, oh, yeah, I watched it. I hated it, but I kept but on I watching it. I couldn't look away. Yeah. <laughs> I, watch- <laughs> I got really angry, but I finished it. <laughs> and it's like, um, these are the kind of wholesome shoujo's like Yona the Dawn, but there is like a, there's another kind of shoujo harem that is just like, oh, my God. I, I, just, I don't know. I don't know. So uh, maybe like a bonus episode of one time, delve into some of that. <laughs> some of that trash. <laughs> I would love but make you appreciate Hakka hell of a lot more. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't need help with that. <laughs> yeah, and we uh, we we've seen a lot of problematic shit in our day. Uh, we have a defunct um, romance novel podcast that we did for a while, which we stopped doing because it just became a big commitment, having to like read a whole novel every week. But a, a, a novel every week. Oh my god! Yeah, so we just like couldn't do it. But like, there were some because like Alex would normally read the like higher end ones that she was discussing the sort that she wants to write, and I would read the like Fabio cover weird shit. Uh, and 
there is some problematic shit in the romance genre, let me tell you. Oh my god. The thing is, the people buy them. That's the thing, you know what I mean? Exactly. Like, God, there's a market for it. Uh, I read one. It was really weird. It was. It wasn't Alpha and Omega. If you're if you're familiar with that fic trope, Alpha Beta Omega dynamics, it's uh, basically a really specific porn subgenre, smut subgenre. But it was it was basically playing off that, and it was just super duper rapey. Like, oh my god. So yeah, oh. I'm sh- I'm sure nothing can be worse than <laughs> the shit we had to read for that podcast. <laughs> there, uh, I might as well throw out one more then. This is one called Poopa. It's another. Uh, it's actually the perfect like um, shitstorm of like bad anime because it's um, a brother sister thing, but it's also <laughs> it's also like desperately bad. But it's only like five or six minutes per episode, and it was created by Studio Dean, who is like famously like the worst animation studio in japan <laughs> except for the fact that they've as done far as, like, they the were that was bad or just that they started, put like, out just bad. putting out putting out shit like they okay. caught they, they they started out doing a lot of like um action series 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 and um they had a pretty good reputation and then they just like tanked they started making like the most like trashy bad animated stuff on but then they had this weird year where they released, like, they actually, they're, they're the guys who did Shogun Roku, Rakugo Shinju, which is the best anime ever, IMO. And they did Konosuba, which is a very popular, like, comedy fantasy anime. And they, But then they went straight back in the toilet again. But Poopa is like, um, it's like a sci-fi <laughs> brother-sister love show. But there's an episode, they're only like five minutes per episode, but there's episode number seven is one of the weirdest things ever because the girl is like um, the sister she um she needs to consume human flesh because she's like a monster or whatever and her brother has regenerative healing properties so what they decide to do is that she will just eat him and he will like heal himself and then she will eat him again so they have this scene where they're lying in bed together and she's just like literally like, just eating him and the whole oh episode is just God. her eating him but while it's going on they have like this romantic piano music and she just keeps on saying like onichan like he's kind of groaning, like sexual, like Oni Chan, and he's literally biting a pillow. And <laughs> Oni Chan's like brother, brother, brother. It's the weirdest fucking shit I've ever seen. <laughs> it's like I remember, like we had to review it. I needed something to review really quickly. It's like it's five minutes per episode. I've heard it's really bad. Um, it was on YouTube, so let me just watch it. And I, I literally, I, oh my god, it was so bad. I, but it was also like I could not turn away because. Like someone had created this, and it's like this is this is animated, right? Like that's a lot of work that went into this. Even if it's shit animation, it's still a lot of work. Yeah. Yeah. This oh, oh, Poopa. Yeah, I would thoroughly recommend anyone checking out episode seven because, and then the next episode they recapped it with teddy bears. So like last time, and they just had the teddy bears like in bed together, like eating each other. Oh, what is good stuff. The idea of sharing the planet with people that can think of that. Incredible. Incredible. <laughs> See, Alex, this is why you don't need to worry about being a bad writer. Because, <laughs> like, I, if... I would like to power through because I'm like, there is a ton of shit in the romance genre that gets published. I feel like if mine is shit, it'll probably be like mid tier. <laughs> but I have to finish something. <laughs> 
first is the thing. <laughs> Someday I will. You can do it. We Thank believe you. in you. Thank you. <laughs> this weekend. It's not a race, that. right? It's not a race. That's what, I, that's what I always tell myself. It's not a race. Yeah, but it feels a little bit like it. <laughs> We've been know, having this like conversation for years. You don't. Yeah, you're not. Mm-hmm. What was it like? Um, what's that American guy? Uh, didn't Charles Bukowski like do his like first novel like in his like late forties or something like that? You know. Yeah, I tell her shit like that all Take the it, time. You know, everyone, everyone works. Everyone works. Yeah. Everyone, Maybe. everyone works at their own pace. At the end of the day, like that's a, you know what I mean, like. But I need it now. <laughs> but you're right. Also, it's like I you know, because like I know, I know personally, like uh, for me, it's like it takes a long time just to write anything. Like even to write a hundred words, it takes me fucking hours. That's just me because of the fact that like you know, um, you're constantly rereading it, rewriting it, rereading it, rewriting, and other people are just kind of like word vomit, and then you edit right. So I think everyone has their own, you know, everyone has to go on their own journey. And like, if it takes, you know, 10 years, it takes 10 years, you know, you just got to like embrace that everyone's sort of different. Okay. So how do we wrap this up? Where were we? Okay. Very last point. This means nothing to either of you, but I thought it was very funny that the anime ends with the Gija saying the green dragon is nearby, which is just not true. <laughs> like it's not physically possible with where they end up finding the green dragon. <laughs> so that made me laugh. They changed it a little bit and they were wrong. Oh, just like Al being a boy. <laughs> they, got, they, got, they got confused, but they had the spirit <laughs> in this episode. Yeah. Um, Okay, so that's my last point, which means that we're at the end. So thank you, Yata, for joining us. This was super awesome. It was my pleasure. Uh, would you like to tell everybody where they can find you? Um, my, yeah, my anime podcast. Um, it's spelled like it sounds. <laughs> I'll also link it. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, there, there I also weird about doing these plugs. Um, yeah, my anime podcast. Uh, Twitter is like at my anime podcast. And youtube my anime podcast or yata kun uh my anime podcast that's it's fine clearly not doing this right i think it was perfect (laughs) um okay perfect and then obviously you find us everywhere that you find us like we're easy to find (laughs) so uh (laughs) yeah Uh, and then we'll see you next week bye